Hey horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror Podcast, the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror. I'm Michael, and today I am joined by a very dear friend and special guest. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hello everybody, I am Zach. I am Michael's friend from down here in Kansas. Yeah, so if you guys listen to um, the update episode that I recently um, released a few a couple weeks ago, I stated that I was going to be visiting Kansas for a minute. And so I've been here for about a week and a half now, almost, and uh, so figured what better time than ever to record an episode with my friend while I'm down here. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited. And thank you for having me. I was very excited as well. Um, Previously, when I've listened to all of your podcasts, I've always thought, oh, I really want to interject. I really want to be on there. Yeah. But then I kind of thought, well, I don't don't know. I mean, I'm kind of obnoxious and I talk a lot and Michael probably doesn't want that. So (laughs) no, if anybody talks a lot, it's fucking me. Like like when me and Roman would post episodes, like I would just be like, when we were editing it, I'd be like, I'm so tired of hearing myself talk. Like it got to the point where I had to like get up and walk away while we were editing because I was like, I am just sick of hearing myself. And I, I would continually have to ask Roman. I'm like, Roman am I like talking too much? Like, am I overshadowing you? He's like, no, no, you're fine. You're fine. He's probably just too nice to say, yeah, you fucking yeah. talk too much. Just sit the fuck down. Like here's a candy bar. Eat it. Cause when you eat, you can't talk to me. Kind right. Of, kind of thing. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm so excited that you're here today. Um, yes, I am too. I yeah. am very, very excited to be here. And I'm really so- excited. Also, also kind of nervous because I haven't recorded an episode in a while. Um, and for those of you, that didn't get the chance to listen to the update episode. I also talked about how um, Roman is unfortunately no longer going to be a part of the We Love Horror podcast. Um, He informed me about a month ago or so that he was not going to be able to have time. Um, Just life is getting way too crazy for him. He's still trying to finish school. Like he's got a couple more classes left, trying to find a job on top of that. And it's just hard um, for him to find any time. So he told me that he was no longer going to be a part of it, which really is unfortunate. It really sucks. Um, but at the same time, you know, you got to roll with the punches, got to roll with what life throws at you. And so the podcast is continuing on, soldiering on without Roman. And hopefully maybe maybe someday he'll come back on as like a guest, ho- a guest host or something. Um, but for right now, I think what I'm going to do is just have guest people on every week like Very I'm doing nice. right now. Yeah, definitely. So, But um, just wanted to let you guys know about that. And uh, also, before we move into the episode, I also wanted to kind of bring up an issue that's been very prevalent in our world today um, with the police brutality and the Black Lives Matter movement. This podcast, first and foremost, is in 100% support of the Black Lives Movement um, because personally, I feel like it's very important that we are all equal. Like, I, I had a conversation with my friend the other day and I said... I cannot believe that we have evolved so much, like, in the past, like, even the past, like, 50 years, like, we have come such a long way, but why is it that racism is still so prevalent? Prevalent, Like, I don't, I don't get it. I've never understood it. I've never been somebody that's, like, ever been that way. Mm -hmm. That is a thing that is still happening today, like, every single day. Every single day. And it's, it's upsetting to me, and it's absolutely disgusting Mm -hmm. to me. I can't believe that racism is even still a thing, (laughs) a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not how it should be. We, we should always, we should all be equal. We should all, you know, have equal rights, you know, and for me to 
sit here and not say anything and have a platform where I can really use my voice to, for the better good, I felt like it was very important for me to talk about it. And I feel like it's very important for everybody to, you know, stand up for what's right. And I feel like this Black Lives Movement is a great movement towards equality for everybody. Everybody, exactly. You know, and I also want to say that first and foremost, it's just important to really educate yourself. And if you guys are having trouble, you know, finding a way to help, I think if you're not able to attend the protests, if you're not able to donate to a good cause pertaining to this matter, I think the best thing you can do is just to educate yourself, you know, um, make sure that you're up to date with everything. Make sure that you're, you know, kind of checking yourself and, you know, realizing that there is a lot that you can do to change. You know, there is a lot that you can do to help with the cause, you know, just educate yourself, get the word out. It's, it's, it's much better than sitting around doing nothing. You know, I feel like sitting in silence is compliance. Mm -hmm. You know, if I was to sit here and not say anything about this movement and not take the time to talk about it and talk about how important it is, I feel like it would be really hypocritical of me to sit here and not say anything about it and not doing anything about it because, and I don't want, I really don't want to take away from the Black Lives Matter movement by saying this, um, but I feel like you and I both, we can relate to, you know, people of color going through struggles with, you know, fighting for their rights, fighting for, you know, the same equal freedoms as everybody else because you and I are both gay. So yeah, it's we're like, gay as shit. Yeah, so it's like, we constantly, you know, have to fight for our rights as well. Mm -hmm. We have to, you know, we have to constantly sit there and, you know, think about people are going to judge us. Mm -hmm. You know, certain people are going to judge us for our sexuality, but... It sucks. Right. But it's, it's, it's awful. You know, yeah. And so we're constantly, we're constantly fighting for our, our, our freedoms as well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like black people definitely have it way worse, yeah. you know, and I feel like this movement that we're going through right now is going to make a huge difference. Like just think about, you know, the Stonewall riots, Absolutely. you know, if, if that wouldn't have happened, like I don't think that we would have had as many freedoms as we do. No, as gay I, I people. said exactly. Right. Absolutely. So it's like I completely agree. Exactly. So I feel like the black lives matter movement and all the protests are pretty, kind of similar to parallel. That. Right. Pretty parallel too. Yeah, exactly. So it's, I just feel like we are making, we are in the midst of making so much change and I think it's an amazing thing. And so I just wanted to take the time for a moment to talk about it and, you know, our hearts go out to all the people that are affected by this. Uh, Breonna Taylor, mm -hmm. George Floyd, uh, Elijah McClain, all the people that have been affected by police brutality. Our hearts go out to you and we support you and we will continue to mm -hmm. support this movement. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to briefly talk about that with you guys. I think it's very important. So um, with that being said, we're going to move right along into the next part, which is shout outs. Um, we normally do shout outs at the beginning, so I'm just going to shout out a few podcasts that I follow. So first and foremost, a podcast on Elm Street. Um, those are our guys from Canada. Um, they're really awesome. They've always supported this podcast for as long as it's been going. So thank you guys so much for listening. I, I will admit to you, Zach, though, I have oh, I've been so bad about listening to podcasts lately. Like I haven't even like 
I don't well, know. I, mean, I, just, I was just terrible because the only podcast I've ever listened to is yours. Was this one? <laughs> this is yeah. the only one I've ever listened to. Yeah, yeah. I'm really bad about it, so I apologize to you guys. Um, also, the next one that I want to shout out is the Creepy Crap Podcast. Um, this is my friend from Australia. He's also been a very, very dear friend of mine for a very long time. Um, he's supported the podcast since it started as well. And uh, his podcast is just really fun. He reviews really shitty movies and, you Ooh, know, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah I his like podcast that. podcast is so fun. You should listen to it. I will. Um, but yeah, that's um, the Creepy Crap Podcast. And then the last shout out that I'm going to do is for the It's a Horror Podcast. And just another po- horror podcast that reviews movies uh, they're also very, very great to listen to. Very entertaining, very informative. Um, really love those guys. So if you guys can go check all those guys out, that would be really awesome. So, And uh, normally we do the ratings and reviews, but we don't have any as of late because we haven't recorded anything, so I'm not surprised. <laughs> so, um, But thank you all again for taking the time to leave us those reviews and those ratings. We really appreciate it. Um, I encourage you guys to continue leaving us ratings and reviews just to see what, you know, could be done better. And, uh, yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, without further ado, do we want to get into the episode it itself? It follows. Yes, we're doing it follows. Um, this is a movie that me and Zach both discussed that we really wanted to do. So, um, we're really excited about it. And I don't, I really don't want to come off pretentious when we do this review though, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that I wrote in here that's like, this is a hidden, this is a hidden meaning for this, and this is a hidden meaning for that, and this is a metaphor for, you know, this and that, and so I just feel like I, I'm going to try not to come across as like, oh, well, yeah. you know, so bear with me guys, but, um. Yeah, so thank you again, Zach, for joining me first and foremost. So let's get into yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it starts off with like just um, a shot of like a neighborhood, just mm-hmm. like a slow panning shot. And like I really love how um, the use of cinematography in this movie, they use it in a way that's so well done because I feel like they the way the cinematography is, it just creates dread. It creates It tension, really does. Especially really with, does. like, this first scene. Like, mm-hmm. shit's already, like, going down, like, at the gate, you and, know? And it kind of just, like, swings back and forth. And, yeah, yeah, it just, like, goes around in, like, a full, like, circle. Well, so first, like, she runs out of the house, and then it kind of follows her, and then it does, like, kind of, like, a slow, like, right. zoom in as she's, like, backing away from whatever it is. And obviously, we can't see it, mm-hmm. but she's obviously reacting to something, and then, you know, it, like, follows her back to the house. And um, But first, before that, there's, like, a neighbor that's, like, unpacking groceries. And uh, she's like, do you need any help? And she's like, no. And then she just keeps unpacking her groceries. Just like, like it's a regular occurrence. Oh, yeah, there's <laughs> just some distraught girl running down my street. And she's very frightened. But she said she's good, so she must be good. She must be fine. It's I'm fine. just going to keep on... <laughs> Unloading my my IGA grocery bags, yeah. Unless this is just something that happens like on the daily, like the neighbors next door, are like, oh Harold, that girl is at it again. She's running around in circles in our front yard. Got another STD. <laughs> God, they're like, it's fine. This yeah, is, yeah, we're yeah. used to it. We're used to seeing crazy people. She said it's she's Detroit. Fine. Yeah, it's, it's Detroit. Detroit, so. Detroit. Detroit scares me. Not to offend any people that live in Detroit, but there are 
I mean, there are some sketchy parts Very, of Detroit. I mean, a lot of it is abandoned. Right. Um, um, a lot of it is used as uh, a set for horror films. I, I even think that Child's Play, uh, part of Child's Play was shot in Detroit, that uh, where not, the house blew up. That I'm not sure about. Um, I don't know. You could be right. I'd have to... Have but to yeah, I know that, that Detroit, is, like, a lot of it is abandoned. I know that they decreased their population by, like, half right. uh, after... Um, like the the motor plants and whatnot closed, so mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of it's very like eerie and uh, just it's like a perfect macabre. setting. Yeah, it's it's very very good for a horror film, right? And I love how they use the setting to their advantage. Like they use like the dilapidated houses mm-hmm. as like a setting, and um, you know they have the clear line between you know the good side of Detroit and, and the, the bad yeah. side of Detroit. So um, we'll get to that a little bit later, but. Uh, as the scene continues, I also wanted to bring up the fact, and I've thought about this from the first time I watched this movie. I'm like, why the fuck is she wearing high heels? Like, <laughs> like, I, I that I think, girl can run in those heels. Oh, for heels. sure. Oh, girl. Like, I can't even. I can't even stand in high heels. I've tried high I, heels. Yeah, before. I tried them too, dude, and I broke both my ankles. <laughs> my ankles are just like. Woo! I only took half a step, but they were stilettos. So yeah, and my screwed. my I have very weak ankles, so my ankles are just like. But like yeah, jello. that that girl is just hauling. She's hauling down the sidewalk into people's front yards, down the street. Uh, I was like, I think they wanted her to leave those heels on just to say, hey, we're gonna show the world that you can really do this, girl. <laughs> the audition process was probably like, um, we need a tall girl that can run in red high heel stilettos. Okay, you do a pretty good job. You got the job, girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, her little night shirt and everything. Yeah, right. Just, yeah. No pants, just run down the street. (laughs) I want to say that it's probably, like, just an aesthetic choice. I mean, it is a, like, visually, like, stunning shot. Yeah. Like, the whole whole sequence is very visually stunning, and I think the heels really, like, the way they... It threw me off. It it threw me off, but at the same time, I was willing to forgive it, because I was like, it's probably just an artistic choice, and I'm all about making artistic choices. So, like, for me, it was, it was a little more, you know passable for me because I was like absolutely it was such a it was such a like a minute detail that I did at at first when I saw it I was like what (laughs) but as the movie went on you forget all about that but I yeah you you think about it though right but it is it it is funny to like when you first watch it because you're like okay why is she wearing heels like why why she just (laughs) she was in a hurry Michael well probably she she probably didn't have time to lace up her shoes she was out clubbing and she came home and she found out she contracted that STD monster thing. And then it kind of just started chasing her and she didn't have time to take the heels off. Right. But she had time to take her pants off and get a nightshirt on. <laughs> That's got to be it. Well, probably, <laughs> probably she was just getting ready for bed and it's like, oh, shit. Oh, okay, it's here. Okay, I guess yeah. I don't have, guess I've got to slip on Watch me run in these. Yeah. But uh, anyway, she, she like... She runs into the house. She runs back out. Her dad's like, what the hell is going on? Then she, like, peels off in her I think car. it's a little Nissan, like a little Nissan Sentra or or something like that. <laughs> is that what it does? I don't I don't know. You work at Napa, Napa so. I work at Napa. So you but, know all about cars. Well, I don't know jack shit about them, so. It looked like it. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was. I'm yeah. pretty sure it was. I don't know what else <laughs> it would have been. It, it could have been something else. Watch right. me get dragged. Someone comments. Well, how'd you not know this? But I'm pretty sure it was Nissan. I didn't pay too close attention. Right. So then, like, the next scene, she's on the beach. She's just sitting there in front of the car. And I love the... I also want to say, like, as far as cinematography goes, I also love the way they light this film. Yes. I... We we talked about this when we we watched the movie the other day. We certainly did. I love the way they use... um, 
red is a very prevalent color mm. in this film. Um, I try, I tried to keep track of all the things that were like red in this film, but there's, there's so much red and like, I love the, I love the fact that she's like sitting on the beach and you've got like the light from the headlights just kind of illuminating mm-hmm. her and you've got like darkness in the background. You've got, you know, red from the headlights in the, you know, in the foreground kind of, and uh, she's on the phone with her dad kind of just being like, you know, I love you. You kind know, like basically her, saying her goodbye. last words to and, right. her father. Yes. And then she kind of <laughs> reacts to something that we can't see. Obviously you can tell in her body language that she sees whatever it is mm-hmm. like coming for her. And then it like does like this really abrupt, like jump cut to like the next day. And she's just like lying on her back and her fucking leg. That thing like, broke her leg. What, oh my yeah. God. She looked like a wishbone. That leg is like bent like in a fucking I mean it's like she tried to high kick and she did it a little too hard <laughs> she's like yeah, whoop uh, yeah it was split man she gonna need a <laughs> knee replacement after that <laughs> she's gonna yeah yeah she, she needs will. something she, she, but um yeah so anyway she's dead but I love how like <laughs> this this first scene really kind of adds the mystery and allure to whatever this thing is because mm-hmm. obviously we can't see it exactly and then as like the I just think it's a really good way to start off a movie because then you're already engaged. You're like, oh, wow, that was kind of freaky. <clears throat> and so um, after that scene, then we get into the main character storyline, which is Jay, yeah, who's played by Mika Monroe, which I I have a tendency to go on tangents about actresses that I'm like floored yes, by. Yes, you certainly <laughs> do, Michael. So I'm you not going to I'm do. not going to spend too much time gushing about her, but what I will say is that she is a fantastic fucking actress in this movie. She she's very well. And she's so good in everything that I've seen her in. Um I actually just recently watched a I can't remember what the app is. I think it's called Quibi. Quibi. I could be pronouncing that completely wrong, but there was a there was a, a like a short show on there called The Stranger. And okay. it has her, and um, I'm spacing on his name right now, but he's in A Cure for Wellness. I do remember that film, but I do not remember the yeah, cast. Yeah, um, but they're they're together <clears throat> in this movie, and she's fantastic in it. She's fantastic in everything she's in. Um, the The Guest, have you seen that one? Yes, I have. She's very yes, good in that. She's very good. Um, she's just so good in everything she's in. So, um, but anyway, it starts out with her, and... <laughs> There's another thing that we talked about when we watched this movie. She's, like, cleaning out her pool, but she takes her, like, pool thing and, like, literally cleans out one leaf. Oh, got it. I got it. Okay, yeah. Now I can jump in. Yeah, so she just, like, cleans out one leaf and then gets in, and uh, then she's, like, you know, kind of swimming in the pool, and, like, I love... I love because I feel like the the theme of the pool is very prevalent throughout like specific parts of the film, and I feel like that kind of represents like a very safe place for her, like something yeah. that's very familiar. And I feel like her character starts off as very like innocent and very trusting, and um, just I feel a like, cool girl just trying to have a cool time, right? Trying to enjoy not, her life. Yeah, like it's summer. I'm in the pool. I don't want to talk to you, people. <laughs> like, yeah. Right, and then she, you know, she does have the conversation with her sister because I think she says something along the lines of, "I'm going out with that guy tonight," and then she, or she's like, "I'm going out tonight," and then she's like, "That with that guy," and Jay says, "Yeah," and then her sister, <laughs> and then her sister's yeah. like, "I like him." And uh-huh. She's like, Jay's like, "Me too." Like the scene is almost kind of sad because like if you've seen the movie more than once, you know like what's in store for her after that. So it's like. This is really like one of the last most innocent moments that yeah. she'll ever have. Enjoy um, chillaxing and enjoy right. being cool and not saying Carefree. too much because girl, 
you're going to be doing a lot here in a little bit. Oh, yeah. So it's like, I feel like this movie is very representative of, like, loss of innocence, um, fear of growing up, mm-hmm. fear of dealing with, you know, and, um, the well, responsibility of becoming an adult like, and I mean, growing and, yeah. into adulthood. And it's just, you know, like, sex in general, you know, kids have sex. That's just the yeah. thing. Kids make adult decisions, and they should, and it's kind of, I think it plays along the lines of that, like, you yeah. want to play adult games, you win adult prizes, so to say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like, it's, like, specifically, I feel like, um, it's a movie about, like, fear of growing into, like, womanhood and dealing with, like, the stresses of, you know, everyday life and growing up and, um, so yeah, I just wanted to talk about, like, how I feel like the pool kind of existential kind of you know like when you know everyone kind of has that experience of becoming an adult and it's like wow i'm really on my own i'm kind of by myself and and that's really relatable in this film because you know nobody else can Can see see it it. no one else knows what you're going through it's just yeah it's very kind of symbolic in that way i guess exactly yeah and so um then the scene continues she's just kind of like laying back in the pool and then you see two of, like, the neighbor kids from next door kind of peek over the bush. And she's just like, I see you. Uh-huh. And then they, like, quickly, like, duck back down, you know. And it's, uh, she kind of just, like, laughs it off. But then it cuts to a scene where they're all kind of sitting in, sitting in the living room. Um, Paul, Yara, and mm-hmm. I forget her sister's name. Her sister's name's ex- escaping me. But it's her sister and then her two friends. Right. And they're just kind of sitting around. And this is kind of where you kind of... Um, I wanted to bring this up when we were talking about the very opening scene, but I completely spaced it. I love that this movie kind of like makes you try to figure out like what era or what yeah. decade this takes place in because everything is just so like everything in this house is so like old fashioned, yeah. like something that you'd see in like the seventies. Uh-huh. They've got like the TV with the, the dials, right? The, the dials on with, them with the, the dial ears. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, then they've got like a dial up phone uh-huh. on, the, on the, the rotary phone on the yep. wall and the wallpaper was, yeah, God awful. Everything's but just really old, but very like old. from the beginning scene, like she has a cell phone when she's talking to her dad on the beach. So it's like, it's got to take place sometime between. And she's driving a fairly new vehicle. Right. So it's like, it's got to take place. But that was like, that's that's like the last time we, that's like the, from what I can remember, the first and last time we see something that that I saw a vehicle that new in that film, as well as a cell phone. I mean, yeah, that, that one girl, she had a clam. That she yeah, it's like on? a weird like ebook type thing. I thought like it was. Kind I've of, like, never seen anything like it before. I don't either. think it exists. It's it's yeah. It's, I don't. It reminds me of like a like a Nook a, or a Kindle like a mini Nook or something. Yeah, exactly. So like she's going through that and and she's always reading at the worst times. Like girl, <laughs> like why are you reading that? Like, right. There's this killing thing out on the loose, and you're reading a a poem. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So she comes in and they're kind of just chilling around and then you kind of get like a, an idea of like kind of the personalities of all these characters. You've got Paul, who's kind of like the, the lover boy who's always had a crush on Jay from, and I will say with his character, like at the start, I was like, okay, he just kind of like has a cute, you know, very cute schoolboy crush. But then the more it goes on, the more he just kind of really creeps me out. But we'll talk about that a little later when we get into that. But like, um, there's his character, there's Yara and she's kind of just like the 
the one that's always con- like you said constantly like distracted by other things very, and she doesn't even like very distracted you know she can't be bothered oblivious or she's like sleeping or I mean like, <laughs> she sleeps well, like, a lot this movie well, yeah well, yeah you can look out the window I mean it's okay right <laughs> and so and I also notice I um I love like how this movie kind of plays on the fact that parental supervision isn't really present in this movie like, at all which at all like where are they Right, like you get glimpses of her mom in the background, like sitting at the table, like on the phone, but you never, like I noticed, like watching it, the last few times, like you never see like her mom's full face. No. Like you see like either half of it and it's blurred, and there's something that the camera's focusing on in the background, or you just see the back of her head. Mm-hmm. Um, you never fully see her mom's face, so it's like that's a very good point. Very little supervision. Oh of yeah, the parents. Yeah, so they're kind of watching this you know old black and white movie on tv and it was oh god it was god awful so old like how would they how could you watch that (laughs) it's so it looks like a really cheesy black and white old fucking movie from like the 1930s it's not yeah and so um then we get like the next scene that we get is jay kind of getting ready for this date and it's just a really long beautiful like panning shot into the mirror she's like doing her hair and she's got like this pretty pink dress on which I feel like pink is also kind of prevalent it kind of clashes with the red because I feel like pink is like very innocent like Mm -hmm. you know girls wear pink to feel pretty and you know she's got this dress like this pretty dress on and she's getting her hair like fixing her hair and looking in the mirror and there's like this I also have to talk about the music in this movie oh it's phenomenal I love it I think it's, it's definitely at the top of my list for as far as favorite soundtracks go uh very 80s you got very the synth 80s. you've got like the oh yes so beautiful I love synth yeah and like there's like a really beautiful score that accompany accompanies the scene like while she's getting ready mm-hmm. and it's just I feel like it's very um as I said before I feel like this is like one of the very last scenes that you see of her just like enjoying like her innocence and enjoying you know being carefree yeah. and not having to look over her shoulder every five minutes so the music in the scene is very like ethereal very like ooh I'm going on it, it almost feels like when you watch it you're like I, I feel what she's feeling like I'm excited it, for this it's, date it's absolutely I completely agree with that but if you've seen it more than once I like like we have like this last time we watched it you know I was just thinking please just cherish it cherish it because it's not <laughs> right. going to last yeah you're about you're about to get into some shit like, that you don't even know and yeah. like yeah you're just kind of screaming at the screen like you don't have to go out on this date <laughs> well, please and that's, well and that's kind of what's tragic about this movie to me is I feel like this movie first and foremost is obviously like a horror movie but at the same time I also find it like the more I watch it I find it really tragic it's, a, it's tragic yeah because you know the character of Jay goes through so much hell mm-hmm. like she goes the you know through so many things and it's it's a perfect example of like what somebody goes through when they lose a part of themselves mm-hmm. like the the innocence the you know the fear of growing up like all of that like when that you know goes away that security goes away from somebody like they're never the same again and so like after she goes through all of this like she's obviously not the same person that she was oh not at all so like this scene is very represent like representative of like the calm before the storm yeah so after that scene we cut to a scene of them at the theater and she's playing this game that her and her sister usually play called the trade game and essentially you pick a person from the crowd it can be anybody for whatever reason and then the person that you're with has to guess which person you picked without you telling them 
So basically, she picks somebody, and then they're like, and then it cuts to them in the lobby. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I found like really significant about this scene was the fact that he chooses like the son, you know. Yes. And you think about the fact that like, you know, obviously watching it on more than one occasion, you know that he obviously you know, wants to trade places with somebody because he's got this, like, thing yeah. that's going to kill him and follow him. But he could have chose anybody in that, uh, like, that lobby, but he chose the kid. And to me, that feels like that is, like, a recurring theme of, like, the fear of, you know, yeah. growing up. Mm-hmm. The fear of wishing that you could have all of these years back again, like, having that childhood yeah. again and being completely just carefree and not a care in the world. And so I found that really striking the last time I watched it. I, I didn't pick up on that the first time or... The last couple times I watched it, but this time I was kind of like, wow, like he really, because she's like, she points to the guy up on the stairwell that's like, you know, getting real close to the, really cozy with the girl on the, and she's like, that guy, like yeah. very sarcastically, and he's like, nope, and she's like, okay, who'd you pick, and then he picks like the son, and she's like, or well, first she says the dad, and he's like, no, the son, and she's like, and then he's like, imagine having like so much life ahead of you, and she's like, but you're not old, you're 21, and he's like, yeah, but look how happy that kid is, you know? So it it really harkens back to the fact that, like, we all have that fear of getting older Mm -hmm. and losing our youth and using, losing, you know, the carefree aspect of our life. And just, like, the unknown. Exactly, yeah. Like, will I walk outside and this STD monster's gonna kill me? I don't know. (laughs) I mean... You never know. So it's very, like, it's just very, I don't know, I love the subtle... Very subtle. Yeah. It's just kind of like boiling over slowly, but you know it's coming. Mm-hmm. Like, no! Yeah, specifically in this next scene when they're sitting in the theater and and uh, she goes, okay, my turn. And then she like kind of turns around and she's like, okay, I got it. And then there's like this really cool shot of like, it cuts to this wide shot of the whole theater uh-huh. and just him kind of turning around. And then he's like, how about the girl in the yellow dress? And then Jay turns around and she's like, where? He's like, right there. I don't see a girl in the yellow dress. Yeah, and then you, and then it does like a shot of like the entrance to the theater, and there's like nobody there, obviously. We don't see anyone. We didn't get the STD. <laughs> right. And so you can tell at this point that he's really uncomfortable, and he's like, can we leave? And she's like, why? And he's like, I'm just not feeling well. So they're walking back to the car, and this to me would have been like kind of a red flag. I would have been like, this is kind of, this guy's, there's something off with this guy. Take me home. Yeah, I'd be kind of like turned off by after that. I'd be like, I You didn't even let me see the movie. (laughs) I know, like, oh, also, like, I love how in the theater scene they've got like someone playing like a pipe organ in like the the auditorium. Very timely. Right, so it's like that harkens back to like what decade does this The silver screen era, yeah. Yeah, so it's like I've never personally been to a theater that does that. That would be really cool if they did. Which I'm sure in Detroit, like as like old and run down as some parts of town are, I'm sure they still have like theaters There are some that are very well preserved, but it's sad to see how many have gone. But yeah, there are still a few. Yeah. So then it cuts to, like, oh, and this is another shot that I really love, like, cinematography-wise. There's, like, a shot of them, like, eating at, like, a restaurant, and the camera just kind of, like, slowly, like, is, you know, closing in on them. Mm -hmm. But then it's, like, you're kind of, you've kind of trained your eye at this point to kind of, like, look around and be like, ooh, is there something in the background? Yeah, because I feel like that's what, like, the first scene set up so well. It felt, it set up, like, this sense of, like, tension with the audience as well, Mm -hmm. like, okay, that scene was kind of crazy and insane, so, like, what is there to expect going forward? So it's like, I love how 
the scene in the scenes particularly like you see a person in the background just like kind of casually strolling and you're like not sure if that's yeah something's fishy here yeah you're like i'm not sure if that's a person or if that is a trash bag blowing in the wind (laughs) or if that's it you know yeah so like yeah it's just like okay i see something i feel like i need to remember this because right they zoomed in so it's clearly important oh yeah but yes so and then it and then it cuts to like the next day and uh, Jay and her sister are kind of walking through the neighborhood, kind of just casually strolling, and her sister's smoking a cigarette. Smoking a cigarette. Yep. And I will say, I <laughs> I wrote this in my notes as well. I said, I freaking love Jay's coat. Like, I know that's such a stupid thing to say, but I love her coat. So we'll move on from there. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so gay, I know. <laughs> Me too, girl. Me um, too. But, like, they're walking through the neighborhood, and they're just kind of casually talking about Hugh and... Jay brings up the fact that she's like, he was kind of acting weird last night. He wasn't saying anything, but it felt like something was on his mind. Yeah. If she was like most other girls, she would have been like, oh, hell no. What is his deal? This guy is just creeper to the max. Just flighty. There's no way he's ever going to marry me. But (laughs) like with her being as cool as she is and stuff, you know, and that's when I start thinking, this is gonna bite you in the ass. Like yeah. you can't be so carefree and yeah. But she she makes it work. <laughs> right. She makes it work. And then they're kind of having like a conversation about like, have you guys have you guys and she's like, No. And then she's like, I know he wants to, but I don't know, he seemed different last night. Sorry, I know this movie in inside and out. Sorry, I'm just quoting lines, but <laughs> and then it like cuts to a shot of like another character named Greg, who kind of shows up later a little bit later on in the film, but um he's washing his car across the street and he clearly has a thing for Jay's sister. Man, like they're giving each thirsty. other the eyes. Yeah. She's like, he is thirsty. Well, I don't know who's thirstier, him or her sister, because her sister is just like, mm, yeah, I'm like, going to say him. It's very subtle, but like, you can definitely tell that like they want two pounds on each other, <laughs> but then they do. Uh, yeah. Oh, for sure. But then, um, it kind of dissolves into a shot of, Jay and Hugh kind of walking through this like foresty place with this like really run down abandoned like I don't know what it is like a looks like a fucking mental hospital or something I, it, I thought that it was like a, a plant I thought it was like a like a, car like a factory plant, like or a something. factory abandoned factory that's probably what it is I'm sure there's so many of those there <sighs> I know but yeah like they're walking through this like woodsy area and uh, the, that music that reoccurring music from when she's like looking at herself in the mirror is kind of playing again during yeah. the scene which is kind of to me kind of acts like a warning like very this is the very last time we're going to yeah. hear whimsical music it's like this very because kind of like foreboding the yeah. calm before the storm yeah. before everything you know goes like, south <laughs> yeah right before you go down the ramp on the roller coaster like okay here it goes exactly and then it's non-stop from there but uh yeah so then they're kind of sitting on the beach watching the waves and she's like let's go back to the car after they've kind of made out for a second and then oh this is what i was talking to you about when we watched the movie the last time when they're like having sex in the car the way the lighting is in this scene oh yeah yeah like like, and very hard to like conceive how it's like how, how they it, how they how they managed that. how they lit it yeah I'm like I watch it and I'm like how the hell because yeah because I even asked you I was like do you think this is like on a sound stage or a set You're like no this is definitely outside but it's like kind of restricted and yeah it, yeah like you said it's not a street light oh and, definitely and not it's like so they like they 
hung something up, but you can't hang something up from the sky. It, it, yeah, it was. Well, I mean, they probably had like a like a, a long little crane thing that had like a light attack. Because I've seen like behind the scenes stuff with like movies and stuff, and normally they have like a big globe looking thing. Okay. That like acts supposed to act as like moonlight type of thing, but uh. It's very very mesmerizing. Oh, very beautifully lit and shot. Like this whole sequence is just. I love the car. Right. I do love the car. Yeah, um, and then you know they kind of finish doing their thing and he kind of like walks to the back of the car and gets something out of the trunk but it's like focusing on Jay you just kind of hear him and she's like you know playing with the flowers very carefree mm -hmm. and she's talking about she does this monologue where she's like it's funny I used to dream about being old enough to go on dates drive around with friends in their cars you know very like very carefree and just very like childlike almost like she had all these dreams and aspirations of what it would be like to go on a date with a really cute guy. And, and it's working out. Yeah. And here we are. Well. And then, like, he kind of, like, gets in the car behind her and kind of, like, is on top of her. And then, like, um, he just, like, puts a rag on her face. Yeah. Which I'm Ever so it- <laughs> gently just kind of, like, sneaks it up and boom. And then. Yeah. Here and we then, go. And then this is, like, the other instance that I noticed, like, with the with the color red like her nails are red yes they are and like um red to me in this film like definitely like signifies like trauma mm-hmm. trauma like wounds um pain and blood so, yeah <laughs> yeah and so like there's like a you know contrast between the white and the red because her there's like a shot of her hand like going yeah, down just going limp and mm-hmm. falling into the flowers yeah yeah and then uh the next shot is like just some establishing shots of like this building it's beautiful like i can't talk about the cinematography enough in this film it's just beautiful like this whole film is beautiful but um then it like cuts to a shot of jay and she's like tied to like this wheelchair looking thing which is why i kind of thought it might have been a mental hospital because it's like where did he get the wheelchair they can find those anywhere in detroit (laughs) those (laughs) shopping carts i'm surprised he didn't choose a shopping cart that's personally what i would have gone with right but I guess all the like the homeless people probably took them all. But probably. yeah, <laughs> a shopping cart. God, can you imagine? <laughs> but um, yeah, she's just kind of sitting there, and she just kind of slowly comes to as he's like, you can see him in the background with like a flashlight, kind of like walking around, and then he finally like realizes that she's waking up. So he's like, basically telling her that whatever this thing is, it's gonna follow her, and that it can look like somebody that she knows or like. A stranger in the crowd mm-hmm. whatever helps it get close to her it's just gonna find you yeah like, you know just keep an eye out for <laughs> it yeah. yeah and then you know he's like explaining to her to the rule like he's explaining to her all the rules of this like um you know it can be somebody you know it can be a stranger in a crowd whatever helps it get close to you and then um it walks it walks so very- just know you know you can get away from it but it's walking. Yeah. So you don't have forever. So you gotta keep moving. Right. And she's the only one that can see it. You know, no one else can see it. So, and then he he goes, I think he says, I see it. I see it. And then he, this is really cool because they've got like the camera set up to the wheelchair. So it's like, as he's walking, it's almost like the, it's like the camera's like pinned, pointed, pointed, pointed at her. So it's like, she's watching. And then um, they're looking down at like, I think it's train tracks. It's tr- yeah, and you train just tracks. see this like naked woman like walking up to them, like looking up at Jay, uh-huh. and she's just like walking very like slowly but very matter of factly, like, and Jay's like, "Who is that?" And then he like pulls it back, 
and then the girl's like walking through like the building very slowly towards her and then he's just basically telling her to pass it on to whoever she can because if it kills her it's going to go back to the next person in line which is Hugh so and then at this is the point where she starts realizing that shit's fucking going down so she's freaking out trying to get out of the chair and he goes he runs up to the woman and is like flashing the light at her but she's ain't giving him (laughs) she ain't paying no attention she just wants to get like she just wants to kill prize, right and then he says something um, to her as he's like pulling, pushing around. He's like, um, "Don't ever be in a place with uh, that doesn't have more than one exit. It's very slow, but it's yeah. not dumb." Yeah. But the first time I watched it, I thought he said, "It's very slow, but it's not done," which means like to me, like when I first heard that, like the first time, I was like, "That kind of I feel like that signifies something." Like I don't know. Like I feel like I said I'm for all the listeners. I'm trying not to get really deeply pretentious with this film. But I feel, especially, like, on recent viewing of this film, I feel like this movie is definitely more so of, like, a tale of, like, what somebody goes through uh-huh. when they're sexually assaulted right. or raped or something like that. Like, the trauma that follows after. Right. No pun intended. But, you know, the trauma, it, it definitely follows you. you yeah, know, just because it never situ- goes away. Yeah, as say, a temporary situation can always lead to a permanent consequence or a permanent damage or, you know, something like that. Exactly. So I just feel like this film is very significant in the fact that it definitely heavily points out trauma as being a very main uh, component. But anyway, yeah. He so then it like does like a really cool shot of him like speeding off in his car, and then it kind of fades out to the three friends sitting on the porch and they're just playing. I think they're playing cards. Yeah, yeah. And uh, one card in particular that I saw like said old maid on it Mm -hmm. and that's kind of like foreshadowing like a scene later on in the film which i thought was kind of cool but they're like playing cards and they're talking about how um jay's on another date and how she's so pretty it's annoying (laughs) she's so pretty it's like i can relate i mean i've been i've been told that a few times i'm just kidding (laughs) um but they're like your sister's so pretty it's annoying and she's like it is annoying and then she's pretty too though yeah but I think all the girls in this movie are really pretty yes but like and then Paul just goes at least she's nice (laughs) it's like where the hell did that come from it's like these group of friends like each other but they don't really like each other yeah it's just kind of like we don't have anyone else to hang out with so I guess you know we're just gonna stick around each other right thing (laughs) but then uh, you see Hugh's car pull up and it's kind of like idling and they're just kind of sitting there like what is going on and then he gets out of the car, opens the back seat, or opens the back seat door, and he's like, don't let it touch you. And then what an asshole. He doesn't even, like, give her clothes back or anything. He just leaves her in the middle of the road and just peels off. Doesn't even walk her to the front door. Like, girl. What if she would have got ran over by a car, Hugh? <laughs> then that the, the, the STD demon would have been chasing you around. I know. Like... You have to cover your own, like, cover your own ass. <laughs> cover here. your bases. Yeah, come on. Girl, and at least walk her to the door. That's the least you can do after, you know. You just gave her an STD. <laughs> Pretty much. Demon. <laughs> like, that. Like that's the worst. That's worse than that baby. Like, He yeah. certainly wouldn't be getting a second date for me. That's for damn sure. Well, if I could give it back to him, he would be. <laughs> right? Yeah. But um, then it kind of cuts to a scene which I think is really funny because it's like, there's a scene of, like, all these cop cars outside and like all the neighbors are kind of like standing across the street like what's going on and then it it shows so this is kind of when you more so see the character of Greg 
and he like is in the he gets like a beer or something from the fridge and he walks up to the window and his mom's like gazing out of it and he goes what's going on and she's like I don't know those people are such a mess and then the next fucking day she's the same lady that was (laughs) Hmm, I lost my train of thought for a second sorry literally like the next day the same lady that's sitting there like talking so much shit about these people like she basically says it in a way that she's like those people are such a mess like basically stating that those people are like to me it, it felt like she's like those people are like so trashy like so I don't know yeah. but then the next day she's sitting in the kitchen like oh my god what happened to Jay did she catch anything I'm so concerned I know and then it's like you know you know that bitch like as soon as she was done having a conversation she went out to brunch with all of her like hoity toity friends and were like her bitch squad she's like you would not believe what I heard about Jay she caught this and this and that like I just feel like it's so like two fake but I think it's really funny fuck her I hope she dies (laughs) right but um yeah, then it cuts to, like, a, a shot of Jay um, sitting in front of the house, and she's kind of, like, in this, like, position with her knees up to her chest, and she's kind of, like, just clutching her knees, and they ask her if it's, like, consensual, and she's like, yeah, and then he's like, you've never seen the woman before, and she's like, no, and then he's like, have you ever been to his place, and she's like, I know where it is, but I never went inside, he was embarrassed about where he lived or whatever, and then um, it cuts to her, like it cuts to like a, an abrupt shot of her, like in the hospital. It's like just a very slow pan in on her, just kind of sitting there. And I feel like, I honestly feel like that's definitely like what somebody feels like as soon as they go through something like that. It's just very numbing. You just don't feel anything because mm-hmm. she's just sitting there, very blank. Yeah, just yeah. She's obviously traumatized, you know. And so um, then it cuts to the next day like there's like a plate next to her bed that's like not eaten and she's just like sleeping in bed and then it cuts to that scene with the two parents talking she's like oh my god did she catch anything <laughs> yeah and then she and then the I'd mom, say she did <laughs> right and then the mom um, brings up the fact that Hugh isn't his real name like he used a fake name to yeah. rent a house fake name fake address mm-hmm. wasn't really his house so the total can't piece find of shit yep and then I, lo- I really love this scene because it kind of subtly, like I said, there's like a shot of the mom, but you only see like half of her face and it's out of focus like, because yeah, it's- Yeah, the fo- nose up. Yeah, because it's focusing on like, there's like a picture in the background of like her and her mom and dad yeah. when she was like younger. And that'll come into play later because the more you watch this movie, the more you realize that like all the people that you see as this demon are like people that you've seen in the film before. Like some of them are random, like there's a couple people that are random, but a lot of them, like if you're paying- close attention or if you've seen it as many times as I have Mm -hmm. you pick up on like who all these people are so anyway like then it um cuts to the shot of uh Jay in the bathroom Mm -hmm. yes and you were you wanted to make a comment about like you know once again stating the fact that you don't know what kind of like era this takes place in I don't know what time time frame we're talking here because the interior of all those houses, uh, you know, of course, you know, when you deal with abandoned houses, that was v- very clever on their part to shoot in Detroit because it's very ambiguous. So they have abandoned houses and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But uh, like the interior of the houses that they were in, we mentioned like the TVs were old, like the wallpaper was old, like this bathroom was no different. It was something that you'd probably see in grandma's house. <laughs> uh, Definitely. Yeah, absolutely. And which added to the ambiguity of, you know, the time. But, right. Yeah. 
and then she's kind of just like looking, like peeking down into her underwear. She's, she's not looking far enough, though. I'm like, huh. what, are you, what are you? The demon's in there somewhere. Yeah, he's just like <laughs> gonna dig it out, or yeah, but she's like <laughs> she's like freaking out, and she's like starting to hyperventilate, and then all of a sudden, just like this red ball hits the window, which red once jump again. scare. Yeah, and uh, then she sees, then she like looks out the window, and it just kind of like focuses in on the ball. But then we cut to a wider shot, and I think it's the neighbor boy. I want to say it's the neighbor boy. I was boy. assuming it was. I've heard I've heard people say that they think it's Paul, like I'm which would kid. not surprise me because Paul gets creepier and creepier the more this movie goes on. But <laughs> I think it's the neighbor too because I think the neighbor they're just um, little shits. Oh, I know they they made like they knew she was in that bathroom. They made her jump. They they wanted. Oh, yeah. it. They liked it. So he's like peeking in on her. And then it, like, cuts to this shot of them in a classroom, and the teacher's, like, reading this, like, really weird, like... Poem. Poem or something. Very kind of macabre. Like, it just... Very, like, subtly, like, creepy and unnerving, kind of. And we get, like, this, like... Kind of, like, escalating feeling. Yes. Which I feel like is so prevalent with the scene. Like, I I love the scene so much. This is one of my favorite sequences from this whole movie, because it does, like, the, the panning shot... And then it kind of like focuses in on Jay and Jay's obviously like not paying attention. Um, but then she kind of like happens to look out the window and it's like this really wide shot of just this college campus and everybody's kind of going about their own business. But then, you know, just kind of, there's something off about it. And then you just kind of see like this old woman in like a white looking hospital gown. gown. Yeah. in hospital gown. There yeah. Was. That kind of threw me cause that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just like, it's very under and then the music is just I love the music yeah. in the scene it's so like slow building like you can barely hear it and then it just kind of gets more and more and more intense as it goes on and uh, so she can conti- like she's just like staring right at Jay she's got a she's got a purpose she's walk that's a lady that's an old lady that's walking with a purpose I'll yeah that you. old lady yeah <laughs> she's gotta I get, get her bag I would of- get out of her way because she's on her way to bingo. She ain't even walking with a cane. No. I'm impressed. No. She's walking, she's she's like, I just got to kill off a couple of people and then I got to go to the supermarket. I have no time for y'all shit today. I got to get my, you know. My grandbaby's fed. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> I got to get my shit done today. But anyway, uh, Jay gets like, you know, freaked out. She starts picking up her stuff and then she like just walks out. And that stupid bitch teacher. Excuse me. I know. Excuse She's got to go. And she's, right. in, and she's in college. Yeah. She don't gotta explain shit to you. I like, didn't know that. I didn't know. I didn't know where the fuck she was. I don't know if she was in high school or college. I was just like, okay. No, because Jay's nineteen, so she's yeah. definitely out of high, out of high school unless she got held back. But um, I doubt it. She's not dumb. So. Right. But then she's like walking down the hall, and uh, she walks in between like these two girls that are kind of having a conversation. Which, first of all, is kind of rude. Like, why the fuck? Like, go around them. Why are you walking right in the middle of them? And then she, like, turns around and the old woman's, like, following her down the hall. And then Jay's, like, hello. And then the one girl, the one girl's, like, hello. Yeah. Like, like, she's, like, crazy person. That's right. They can't see it. (laughs) She's, like, that's crazy. Oh, my God. (laughs) But then, like, Jay ends up, like, running out Mm -hmm. and then driving off. And she ends up at her sister. I think her sister and Paul both work at, like, this. It's, like, a frozen yogurt place or something. Yeah. And then she's talking to she's talking to them about like what happened. She's like, there was an old woman at school today. She was watching me. It was like she was following me. And then they're like, what's supposed to be following you? And she's like, Hugh said that uh, something was gonna, you know, follow me. And then her sister's like, that's all bullshit. And then Paul's like, I could stay at your house tonight if it makes you feel better. 
her sister's like, no. Yeah, no thank you. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're, even your friend, and then she, like, makes a comment that, like, makes me laugh. She's like, you should be more concerned about waking up and finding Paul humping your leg. And really? it's like, it's like, he's obviously, if your friends are that concerned about Paul, like, being creepy, he's obviously, yeah, there's something weird about him. He really likes her. Oh, he really, really likes her. Yeah. I think that's evident, but no. And I, I thought that he was a nice kid, but as the movie does progress, it does, it's kind of like... It gets a little weird. It's a little unhealthy. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Um, but he basically offers to stay over and like kind of keep an eye on things, see if anything happens. What, what the hell's he going to guard? Even if he could see it, like, look right. at him. Right. 75 pounds soaking wet just he probably has just as much athletic capability as I do and I cannot dribble and run at the same time let oh, alone yeah like chew same. gum and walk like I just can't it just doesn't I'm not an I'm not programmed that way yeah <laughs> so um then it kind of cuts to a shot of like the interior exterior of the house and then it cuts to like them brushing their teeth and then there's like a shot of uh her mom like passed out in bed and this is like where I got the idea that her mom's definitely a pill popper slash alcoholic because there's like a bottle of wine on the counter and I think like I don't know if it's a pill bottle or if there's just pills like laid out on the counter I can't probably all Xanax probably but she's like already passed out so she ain't waking up for yeah. shit yeah. <laughs> and then Paul's just kind of chilling in the living room watching TV on that old black and white set piece of shit TV yeah (laughs) with the dials and no remote like you have to get up oh shit and I love in the scene um like I just love I know I've talked I probably sound like a broken record at this point but please bear with me guys I feel like there's a lot of subtle things that you have to watch it more than once to catch but like even like the whatever he's watching on TV he says something like one of the characters says something like it's a girl or at least say it's something like a girl or maybe it's a monster and it's like talking about like it's kind of referencing like the the whatever this thing is that's mm-hmm. following Jay. And I thought that was just kind of cool. Like I watched I feel like every time I watch this movie I pick up on little things that I never picked up on the first time. But um so she ends up going down the stairs and she's like <laughs> it's kind of like a I don't know why I feel like the shot is kind of awkward, but she's kind of standing there and she looks like uber tall. Very. And she's like wrapped up in this blanket and she's like, I can't sleep, not in there. And then Paul's like, That's okay, sleep here. And he's yeah. just like so, and then they're kind of sitting there, and um, they're just kind of sitting there watching TV, and then they bring up the couple stories from their childhood, and he's, or well, first they talk about how uh, they were each other's first kiss. Yes. And and then he and then Paul goes, I know. And then Jay's like, Was I not yours? And Paul's like, Oh no, you were. And then yeah. she's like, And then you kissed Kelly. That's kind of gross. You kiss your sister, or she told me, and then she's like, "That's kind of gross." You kiss your sisters, <laughs> which I mean, it's kind of gross. But I, I'm sure they were like really little, so probably. I hope. I hope so. Yeah. We're gonna say they were. Uh, yeah, we're we're gonna say it. Yeah, for Paul's sake, we're gonna say they were younger. We're gonna give Paul the benefit of the doubt here, but um, <laughs> then they talk about um how they found these porno magazines behind in an alley behind like this pizza joint pizza joint i can talk today yeah yeah they find these porno magazines behind this pizza joint and i think that the scene is kind of cool because there's a scene i won't talk about it too much right now but there's a scene later on that i'll talk about with like a porno magazine kind of 
that kind of like mirrors the scene, but in a kind of a different light. Right. So I'll get when we get to that scene, I'll talk about that. But but yeah, um, so they're kind of sitting here reminiscing about like how they found these porno magazines, and then all of a sudden, like, and I love the way the scene is set up because it's supposed to be like really like you feel safe in your own house, everything's fine. You know, and then you hear, God damn, I know. And then you hear like a wind, sh- a window shatter, which is weird because I thought I did not know. Like at this point, I thought, oh, it just walks. I did not know it throws stones through windows and jumps. Yeah, in. yeah, it's kind of crazy. It so can, it jumps too. Yeah, it can like interact <laughs> with things, like which is kind of scary. Yeah, it did. Yeah, it definitely did that. And you know, Jay's like, go look. And so Paul goes and looks and. He's like, there's nothing there. There's a broken window in the kitchen, but whoever it was probably just ran away. And and then he goes up, he like runs up the stairs to get her sister. And so she just kind of like sitting there on the couch, which it's a good thing she got up because from what I could see, like in the living room, she's in a place that doesn't have more than one exit. She like it has a corner she that you could be yeah, backed into. She already broke rule number one, cardinal rule number one: find a place that has more than one exit. But luckily, she was smart enough to get up off the couch. So she like gets up off the couch and she like starts walking towards the kitchen. And then you get like that amazing score, kind of like the boom, like yeah. the the bass kind Some of. Some like, shit is about to go down. Mm-hmm. And then she gets in the kitchen and she turns to look and there's like this girl that's like fucking, she looks like she's fucked up. Like she just got like abused or something. Mm-hmm. And she's like, her one of her boobs is hanging out and she's like peeing on the floor. They're always like hanging their boobs out. <laughs> Which I feel like the nudity is kind of, um, kind of a metaphor for like how. Lack of innocence. Or... Lack of innocence, like the opposite of what innocence is. Like, yeah. um, like the dirtiness and violation like the violation yeah. yeah so all these like even with this character in particularly in the kitchen she looks like she's like like she got raped like yeah. she got beaten up and like I feel like that's very like that's obviously very prevalent to the theme of you know um, trauma and mm-hmm. like you know what somebody goes through that's been sexually assaulted and people like, piss in movies it's just it's, it grosses me out <laughs> I know it's, it's like just the very... exorcist when she pisses on the floor I'm like mm-hmm don't do that right it's just very uncomfortable and I, I I like that though it adds to the aesthetic exactly it adds to like the ooh the yeah. underlining which I like I guess you know I like yeah okay yeah. so then Jay like screams and like runs up the stairs and she's like hiding in her room and then you hear Paul and her sister come to the door and she's like there's something in the kitchen and Paul's like there's nothing out here and so she well, like no shit you can't see it yeah so she goes to the door and she opens it and she lets him in, but then she like shuts it and locks it like right after that. And I noticed that there's like a another recurring theme of red. There's like a red like robe or a towel or something hanging up from under Jay. So it's like, yeah, there's always like red prevalent in any scene that Jay's in. Yes. And I think that's really cool. Um, but uh, she's like talking to them about how she saw a girl in the kitchen and then her sister's like, you're okay. And then all of a sudden you hear like a knock on the door my god oh my god this scene we're getting to this scene this scene yeah and then Jay Jay's like don't open the door well first her sister's like um Yara or mom and she's like then you hear Yara on the other side and she's like no it's me and she says it really creepy just very because I'm guessing she's still half asleep because or just getting to sleep and then she got woken back up with like just the way she says it it's like that doesn't sound like it sounds like you but it doesn't sound like you 
and I, I picked up on that the first time I watched it. I was like, ooh, don't open that door. That's not Yara. That's why I like, said no, too. it's me. And then she's like, Yara? And then she's like, yeah. I'm like, ooh, nope, don't do it. And then she opens the door and it's like Yara standing there. And oh my God, this fucking scene, dude. I remember mm. the first time I watched the scene, like I had, um, it had like just barely come out. So I was watching it online illegally. Illegally. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was watching it and uh, I had my phone in my hand and I had my headphones in because I remember I was visiting Utah on vacation I was watching this movie for the first time and when that scene came up I literally like gasped like so loud and kind of like threw my phone and everybody that was in the room was like what the fuck and I was like just just ignore me it's fine (laughs) but this scene like really scared the shit out of me but like so it's like a shot of Yara and then all of a sudden she's like see everything's okay and then all of a sudden you see this big ass like giant man the slender man on steroids yeah and he like his eye like i think his eyes are missing or something yeah they're blacked out yeah he like comes just the sockets and he comes like towering behind yara and he's like he's so tall that he has like bend down yeah he has bent down like even when he's in the room not just through the doorway i was just oh my god just so scary. scary so there's so much of him it's just yeah. yeah yeah and so like that is probably the best scare in the whole movie I would agree with oh that oh my god I would honestly agree with that because when they open the door the first time and it's actually Yara and she doesn't come in and kill anybody that's kind you're of, like that's kind of like yeah you kind of you, you calm yourself down like oh okay we're gonna do some slow burn here not necessarily not the case no no cause <laughs> yeah the then all. that guy I mean he just he kind of he doesn't really slowly walk in it he kind of swoops well in. and then he kind of like peeks in yeah like he like has to like bend down and kind of peek and it's just really off kilter it's very on uh, like unsettling yeah and that's why it's so scary is because he is giant and that I like if I put myself in Jay's shoes oh my god and I we would, definitely know <laughs> that is not supposed to be there I would have shit myself oh my god I would have quite literally shit myself but then she, like, goes running out, like, the side window. There's, like, a balcony or whatever. And then you cut to a shot of Greg and, like, this other girl in this car. And they're, like, I think they're, like, smoking a joint or something. Yeah, they are. And then you see Jay, like, get on her bicycle and start, like, riding down the street. And, like, this scene, like, kind of, like, with the pool, Jay goes to, like, the park. So, to me, I felt like she was going to somewhere that's, like, very familiar to her from childhood. So, like the pool, the park, like she's going a to all these bit places. Of a sanctuary that, kind right, of right. situation. To kind of like ease the, you know. So like she's going to all these familiar places that were once like an innocent Yeah. Like a very setting. carefully a carefree setting, but now it's like more so in a setting that it's almost to the equivalent of somebody like putting up the covers over their head when uh-huh. they get scared. So it's like for her that's like a safe place, which shouldn't be a safe place. It should just be a place that she could go and enjoy being carefree and being like you know, innocent. But now these places are kind of like escapes turned out, like turned around to be almost like a, you know, a safe haven. Like you're saying. So like, I I really like the, I really like the switch of that, like with the pool and with the park and all these things that used to be, you know, uh, a source of, you know, fun are now just like safe places when she's freaked out. But then, um, she kind of starts swinging on the swing and then she see and I love like I said before I love how this movie kind of trains you to just like see if there's anything off in the frame that's like behind her that we can't see that she can't see but that we can see I love the way that it does that so she's like kind of like looking around and then she which she should be right and then she sees someone like walk towards her so like she kind of like stops and she like tenses up again 
and then um, Paul like yells for her and she goes running up to him and then this is the moment when you realize that her sister like believes her because her sister um, they're talking about like uh, Jay says something about I'm scared and then she's like I don't want to go back home then you see someone else walking towards them and you're like oh shit like, where are all these people oh god right and then Jay's like do you see that and her sister's like I do and like to me that means that like her sister like believes her mm-hmm. so I'm like that's I just think that's cool that like her sister like just blindly believes her now and so but it ends up being just Greg so like Greg walks up and he's like what's going on and they're they tell him that like someone broke into her house and he's like should you call the police and she's like no I need to find him and then they're like he's like the poli- the guy that broke into your house and Jay's like no and then her sister's like, Hugh? And then Jay's like, yeah. That's the one. Yep. Yeah, you need Piece to find of shit, number Piece one. Piece of shit. Yeah. So then um, it cuts to like a scene of them like driving through Detroit. And this is like when you get the, this is like when you get the real scope of like um, the wrong, the. Yeah, desolation. The other side of the tracks, yeah. so to speak. Like you get the like. The wrong side of the tracks. Mm-hmm, you get like the nice kind of suburban, suburban neighborhood yeah, that Jay def- lives absolutely. in. And then you get like the very abandoned not so subtle (laughs) very jump cut of like all these like abandoned like rotting houses like in this really bad part of town and like I just kind of feel like that also symbolizes like her loss of innocence like Uh she's you know everything everything that she sees now is seen in a different light absolutely really so um then they get to like this house it's like a really run down looking house and I really like this shot there's like a really cool shot of them all like getting there and Jay's kind of like the center, but it's like zooming in on Jay and she's kind of like looking back behind her, you know? And I, re- I just really think that shot's really cool for some reason. <laughs> but um, then they like go inside the house and there's like all these cans and stuff hanging by the windows, which I'm assuming is like for whatever, whenever it gets inside, he was like hanging them up so like you'd hear him. He could hear him coming. Yeah. And then um, they're like just going through like this entire house and then uh, Paul goes upstairs like to like this little like loft attic looking room and he sees like a stack of porno magazines again and I, I wanted to touch on that again because like it kind of mirrors the scene with him and Jay in the living room talking about porno magazines but like now it's seen in a different light yeah. more perverted yeah. like because when they were talking about it they you know obviously when you're a kid and you see something like that you're you don't understand what it mm-hmm. is like I kind of want to talk about that because that scene like to me definitely mirrors the yeah it's a lot about it's a lot about connotation too i think because you know when you're you know when they're talking about when they're a little you know it's very situational when you see porno magazines because then it was yes carefree youth uh it was funny look what we got and then you know it switches to like this adulterous theme perverted perverted very violating kind of kind of way like gross dirty yeah it's just like oh i shouldn't look at that uh yeah but yeah and that's exactly right it's like it's like the same situ like the same material the same situation but not it's in a different light now yeah different light totally different light and for whatever reason paul decides to sit down like amongst these nasty dirty porno magazines with crusty looking tissues just sitting all around we know what happened we know what Hugh was yeah, doing when we, he was in that house which is gross because I would not even not even like fucking put my hands on that magazine like I'd be like oh. I wouldn't but take he, my shoes off I know he's just like flipping through it like and I'm like the pages aren't even stuck together which know, is very impressive I know but he gets to like a well and I really love the music in this movie too because it's in this part sorry not this movie but in this scene 
because it almost kind of harkens back to like the innocent kind of music in the prior scenes mm-hmm. like with Jay but then now it's more of like a creepy like unsettling type yeah. of like tone with the music in the scene so it's like that's also why I kind of kind of feel like it harkens back to the perversion yeah. and the innocence and all that kind of like the like time like those times are lost now like, like right. those are long gone and now this is what we have exactly yeah so and then Jay kind of like looks out the window and she sees like a guy kind of like walking in down the alley and then kind of stops and so she kind of like steps away from the window and then Paul's like come here so he like calls her over and there's like a picture of Hugh inside like the um the magazine and it's like with him standing there with like a letterman jacket with like another girl which I I'm kind of like wondering like what the backstory is on that like was that his girlfriend was she like a victim of this like Did whatever kill this her? curse it, yeah it's it's kind of interesting to like really kind of think like deeper about like the background of some of these characters like you just don't you, you know you like you see this girl and it's like you feel like it has some sort of significance I mean obviously because they find out where he like what high school he went to but I feel like there's even more of like a deeper significance like he's a he's in a picture with a girl like so whatever you know you wonder like what happened to that girl mm-hmm. like did she become a victim of this curse as well? He's you know? a total piece of shit. He probably, yeah. <laughs> right. He probably gave it to her and she died. Yeah, poor thing. Probably. But then it, like, cuts to a shot of, like, the school that they go to to find him. And this is, like, another cool, like, panning shot where it just goes around in a circle. And you kind of, like, see someone, like, in the background, like, walking slowly towards the school. And then Jay and um, Greg are walking through the school and they go in the library. And they're, like, looking through a yearbook. And then it just kind of, like, just slowly... It's, like, all one shot. Like, I really love this movie for, like, all the long, continuous shots that they do. Yeah. It's just really cool. And then they get back in the car, and you find out that Hugh's real name is Jeff. So then they, like, end up finding his house. They get to his house, and his mom answers the door, and... She's such a I, nice lady. I know. I just feel like that'd be so awkward. Like, you're just standing there, and she's like... She's like, is Jeff here? And she's like, yeah, he is. Do you want to come in? And she's like... Yeah, and then she's like, your friends? And then all of her friends are just standing around, like... Like, kicking rocks, like, hey, lady, yeah, we're with her. Right, and then it, like, transitions into the shot of all of them, like, sitting in the backyard, like, of the house, and he's basically explaining to Jay, like, whatever this thing is, I can still see it. It's not done with me either. And, like, the rest of them are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you know, like, they obviously don't believe, like, what he's saying. Like, specifically Greg... And we'll get into that a little bit later, but he's definitely piece of shit number two. Sleazebag number two, for sure. He is sleazy. He looks sleazy. Oh, yeah, he definitely looks sleazy. But, like, he's basically apologizing to Jay. Like, he's like, I'm sorry. Like, somebody did this to me, too. And then they're like, who did it to you? And he's like, just a random girl at the bar. I don't even remember her name. It was like a one-night stand. And then it, like, shows, like, a shot of this girl holding a soccer ball, like, wearing headphones, walking behind him. And he's like, did you guys see that girl right there? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, just like, all right. And then he basically t- like goes on to tell Jay, like, you can, this thing is walking straight for you, but it's walking. So like you have time to drive somewhere, take some time to think about whether you want to pass it on to somebody else. And so then it like cuts to, cuts to Yara basically just like passed out, like in the most uncomfortable looking position, just like hunched over, passed out in the car, a bag of chips in her lap. She's just snoring. That and, girl's asleep. I know. And then Jay and her sister are, like, in the back seat, and uh, um, her sister basically is, like, 
it's really nice of you to drive us. And Greg's like, I love coming up here. And it's like, you can definitely, definitely tell his sister just wants his, her sister just wants Greg's dick, like, like so bad. She's just like, mm, okay. Yeah, once we get up here, you know. Yeah, like she, well, and I love that because like, I feel like her sister, since like, she's still kind of the innocent yeah. one now out of the two of them, since Jay has gone like through all the shit. Jay sees him for who he is now because like she thinks he's she already thinks he's a piece of shit like because they have a conversation a little bit later after that like not too much later but like her sister like still sees Greg as like this like she looks up to this guy she like thinks he's like hot shit when he's really not a great guy at all like he's a piece of shit but like I love that you have like the different dynamics between the two sisters because of what they're going through differently one has gone through and what one has not exactly so it's like we get two different perspectives on how yes, we do. Like they view the world now. I could kind of relate. I'm like, yeah, I, girl, I get it. I get you. I'm like, but once you have it, it's not that great. <laughs> <laughs> right. But then um, they end up like getting to Greg's like family like vacation house or something. It's like right next to. The, it's really pretty. Like very beautiful oh, area. Like there's like Absolutely. a there's like a road that leads up to the house where there's like a bunch of trees that like kind of canopy over the it's just so beautiful but they get to this house and they're like hanging up like the cans across the window and I kind of like this scene because it's like all one shot where it's like Yara's in the kitchen doing something and she's kind of dancing to music and then it kind of like follows Yara into the living room and they're like all doing kind of like their own thing and then you see Jay kind of hanging up the cans on the window and then like this is kind of where like I started to realize that Paul's kind of creepy. Like, I don't know why. He this just, is where he does. Yeah, because he does he's like, creepy. he's like sitting there and he's like flipping through like a magazine or whatever. And he like looks up and Jay's like sleeping in bed with her sister. And he's just like staring at her. And it's just like, I don't know. It's kind of creepy to like, me. Like little innocent Paul. Right. I don't want to know what's going through your head right now. Right. Like, I want to believe that he's like, he is like, his character's not as obviously sleazebally as the uh-huh. other two. But, like, when it gets, like, later on in the film, like, he gets a little more, like, creepy to me. Like, at first he's, like, more innocent, and then the more the movie goes on, he just becomes a little more creepy. (laughs) I haven't seen one male character in this film in particular that was not somewhat sleazeball. Yeah, oh, for sure. On on some magnitude, they are all fucking sleazeballs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just a matter of how much. That's all. (laughs) Yeah. And then it, like, cuts to um, Greg the next day, and he's walking out to, like, the shed where his dad, like, keeps a gun. So he, like, pulls the gun out, and then this is, like, the scene that I was talking about in the car scene when they're when Jay's, like, practicing, like, doing some practice shooting with the mm-hmm. gun. And he's basically, like, you know, I'm right next door. And she's, like, I remember. And he's, <laughs> like, I guess I should have been nicer to you. So it's, like you like, you can tell that clearly Jay, like, has a very low opinion of him. Like, she clearly does not... Something happened. Something happened that we don't know about. Like, I mean, she she mentions to Paul, like, in a later scene that she, like, slept together with him in high school, but it wasn't, like, a big deal. So I'm... I wonder if he, like... I don't know. There's just, like, such... I'm sure that situation has something to do with it. Right. And I, I love that this movie doesn't, like, outwardly explain that to you. It's just, like, you kind of just get the gist of how these characters react with each other and then you just kind of have to put the pieces together yeah. yourself. It's just what you don't it's what you don't see. Right. That you have to, yeah. Exactly. And so um, then it like cuts to them on the beach and they're just kind of sitting there chilling and um, Greg like gets up to go take a piss and so then you kind of like see 
Yara, it looks like Yara walking behind Jay, and she's like in like a white tank top and shorts, but then it cuts to a shot of Paul, and then you see Yara like on this floaty thing in the lake, and you're like, oh fuck, because uh-huh. like Jay's backs to it, and like no one else can see it yeah, except you, her. So you're like sitting there like fuck, fuck, you fuck, just, fuck. You go, wait a minute, she was just wait, no, yeah, yeah, and I love that because it kind of like you start to oh shit, like that's not Yara, and then like she keeps like approaching her, and then like all of a sudden her hair just like starts that standing strand yep it's like a big clump of hair to start standing up and then she like starts freaking out and then Paul hits whatever it is with the chair and like the chair just stops and then Paul just goes flying that thing's strong oh yeah Paul like goes oh fucking God. flying which is kind of cool because this thing like can literally react with like the outside world which is scary so it's like then all of them start running towards the shed and Greg is kind of like looking back like what the fuck is going on because like shit just went crazy and then um jay ends up getting the gun and this part kind of is funny to me because she's like literally shooting at this thing that no one else can see and then greg is like fucking like huddling behind this little like flimsy like lawn chair thing and he's like stop shooting and she's like shooting and then she like gets it and it like hits it in the neck but then it like falls but then gets back up she stunts it Mm -hmm. you can stunt it but yeah it doesn't do a whole lot you need a bigger gun we're gonna need a bigger gun but um then she like closes the door and she's like backed up against like the back of the room and then oh and then you see the fucking tall man again go by the window it changes like so (laughs) much in this scene I'm like okay wait a minute oh shit but yeah the tall man and then the kid and then it starts like banging on the it starts banging on the door and then like the door just like Explodes like there's like a it, hole in it. It just gives me this such a, such an uneasy feeling because, like the tall man especially, you're like, I know that guy is strong enough mm-hmm. he could punch through that door. Oh yeah, and kill this poor girl. Yep. Oh. And so like then like Greg like ends up like popping through the hole and he's like, "What did you guys do to the door?" And they're like, "We didn't do that." And then he's like, "There's nothing out here." And Jay's like, "Yes, there is." Greg, where have you been? <laughs> yeah. And then he goes like running off, and then Jay kind of like slowly creeps towards the like the little hole in the door and this is of another of course she does cause I'm like that's, that's another part of this movie where I was screaming don't I mean if there was ever a moment where you should not do that right it's it right is now. now and of course you know and that's the one critique I have of this movie is like typical horror movies tropes fa- yeah typical mm-hmm. horror movie fashion shouldn't go back into the house and you do do not go to the hole in the door where that STI demon was just kicking through because you know he's out there. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, and she does. But she, like, creeps towards the door and then all of a sudden, I think it's the neighbor kid. I yes, want to yes, say that I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah, it's the neighbor no, kid I, I that's, that was, like, spying on her and too. he comes, like, coming through the door but then his, like, mouth is, like, morphed so it looks like a big ass, I don't know. And his coloring's awful. He, yeah. God, he needs to, you know, get more vitamin D or something. <laughs> right. And so, like, Jay, like, freaks out and runs out. There's, like, a little long like big like side looking barn door it almost looks like a barn door it's like a garage door yeah and so she like runs through it and then you see I think it's Annie from the opening scene yeah it is like she's just in a white like nightgown and she comes walking out like following her and then did she take the heels off yeah she's barefoot in the scene okay so yeah (laughs) she took the heels off cool but uh she's you know she's pursuing Jay and then Jay runs to the car and this is the scene that I want to talk about like because I know that, like, not every movie is perfect, and um, there's definitely, like, flaws, 
but like this move this scene is like in particular like this the sequence is like a huge flaw to me because it's like she gets in the car she drives off she doesn't even get like a mile down the road before she crashes it so like i'm thinking in my head i'm like um this scene doesn't make sense because by the time that the police were called by the time the paramedic showed up by the time that she woke up and was put in the ambulance that thing would have caught up to her by now she's not that far away so like if that scene you kind of have to like suspend your um reality a little bit well you know that that thing was on the beach maybe it was like soaking up the sun (laughs) or like going for a dip maybe it was taking a break yeah tired had to go to sonic to get a milkshake or something (laughs) i don't know probably that that was that was the one thing that i kind of thought about too probably had to kick the shit out of paul a little more you know (laughs) it should have kicked the shit out of like greg or jeff or hugh or whoever (laughs) the fuck he is that sleeves back right but no the when they they travel to that vacation home Mm mm-hmm that was kind of my critique because I'm like, oh, great. They are so far away. Right. It is going to be such a long time. They have, you know, all these moments they can take and, well, not, I mean, it, it kind of brought, I mean, w- that thing got an Uber, Michael. <laughs> it got an Uber. Must have. And it took it to that beach because I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 no. You're walking. Right. Remember, you need to go back right. and walk. All this way, because there's no way you would caught up this fast. And like what you said just now about that car crash scene, I'm like, uh, yeah, it as fast as it was moving, it should be, you know, opening the door by the time she crashed into the right. cornfield. Well, I mean, they are there for like about a day and a half before they before it gets there. So I mean, it I, I mean, it probably wouldn't take that long. Like, because you walk that far. Well, they're still by Lake Michigan. So, like, Detroit is by Lake Michigan, so, like... Well, they... Okay, that kind of threw me, because they were just driving down the highway for what mm -hmm. seemed like a long time. Yeah. Very, very long time. Well, and I also noticed with the scene, like, that I didn't notice before, is when they're driving, there's, like, a shot of the road where the leaves are changing colors, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. But it it harkens back to when Jay was talking about, with Hugh, like, when they were... When they just finished having sex in the car, when she was talking about, like driving along some pretty road somewhere where the leaves start to change colors but now she's seeing it like in a different <coughs> light different she's yeah. seeing like and that's what i love about it like after everything goes down she starts you start to pick up on things that were talked about like yeah. previously or just like briefly mentioned yeah. same but you're situation. seeing it like in a different light yeah you're seeing same it like situation different light she always thought oh it'd be fun to go cruising down the road and watching like, the leaves change mm-hmm. well you're doing that but you're not liking it <laughs> you're not like you're not liking the circumstance right now exactly and so exactly yeah I, I really love that yeah that's like one of my favorite aspects about this film is it like really makes you like think about um things more on like second third fourth millionth watch myself i'm talking about myself when i say that (laughs) i've seen this movie quite a bit but um yeah so then it like so then she's like driving and then um like a pickup truck like pulls out so she like swerves into the cornfield and crashes she does not know how to drive a station wagon she i mean good lord clearly you are stepping on the gas way (laughs) too much with your fish telling like that you i know that caught up to you pretty quick but if you just kind of drive normally mm-hmm. which I guess it wouldn't be a movie if she drove normally yeah. or if they did anything normally in right. this film, so <laughs> but then she like wakes up in the hospital and uh, like all of like her family's there Greg's there Paul's there like they're all like sleeping which was kind of interesting to me also I just feel like I sound so pretentious I'm so sorry to all the people that are listening like I just it's so fun for me when I pick up on like things that I didn't realize but um, 
this scene in particular, like, there's a scene where they're all kind of sleeping, and I feel like sleep is also, like, a really, like, huge recurring theme in this movie, because you see a lot of characters sleeping. And I don't understand that. Well, I'd be on edge. Well, I'll, I'll explain it, because, like, it's, like, so for them, like, sleep is just, like, a normal thing, but for her, it's, like, an escape from, like, what she's going through, but then she wakes up and she remembers what happened to her, so, like, the scene in the hospital, like, she wakes up and she starts to, like, remember what's going on, and then, um you hear like something walking down the hall and she's like crying and like freaking out because she thinks that it's like whatever this thing is we can kind of uh see through her perception you know she got hit in the head and it's blurry Mm -hmm. yeah so she can see like you can see kind of what looks like a nurse walking down the hallway but how can we be so sure right especially (laughs) since you know in the previous scene that damn thing caught up so fast why didn't it catch her in the hospital i'm like Maybe it can't find her room. Maybe when it went in, it was like hitting up the receptionist, right. like, yo, where's this girl? It's like, <laughs> oh, sorry, she's in room five. family only. We can't let you in. You can't sit with us. She's sitting out in the waiting room waiting. Yeah, for yeah her. it's just like, wait. <laughs> That'd be so funny. That would be funny. <laughs> she's like, Jay just comes out in the whatever it is, is just patiently waiting, like reading a magazine. She's like, oh, you're reading back. a magazine. Yeah, going to the vending machine. Like kicking again. the vending machine because, you know, the candy bar didn't fall out of the rack. <laughs> You know, yeah, I've been there. That'd I've be so there. funny. I think we've all been there with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, so, like, I thought that scene was kind of interesting because, like, in a deeper sense, it's, like, almost like if you take away the fact that she's waking up and freaking out about, like, whatever this thing is, like, if you take it, a, if you look at it in a deeper sense, it's more so, like, she's waking up from something that she thought was a nightmare and realizing she's waking up to her reality now mm-hmm. and, like, it's like her depression it's like bringing her back and so like that's why she's crying and like that's why she's freaking out it's because like she's remembering like all these events and all these memories that are now ingrained in her head but anyway that was really deep i'm so sorry to go off my on my like many many tangents that i'm going to go off (laughs) but i just i just thought that this i hope that like with you guys listening to this episode whoever listens to it I hope that you guys, like, after listening to this, kind of, like, watch this movie and kind of, like, be like, oh, yeah, like, I picked up on that, too. Like, you know, it's just, like, I feel like this movie is more deep, like, a lot deeper than just being a yeah, typical just horror like movie. A, yeah, exactly. And I completely agree with that. It's, yeah. it's so much more than your, your your teen screen. Exactly. Even though, it's, I mean, it's kind of geared, like, you think it was, it's kind of geared in that direction due to, like, the age group of the cast right. and, like, the situation of going out and having sex and oh my god consequences but no it's it's very yeah very deep it's very deep it's very like well thought out very well executed and it's like themes and it's like hidden meanings and stuff but um anyway then it kind of like cuts to a shot of like greg kind of sleeping and he just kind of wakes up and looks at jay and then it just cuts to like a shot of like a panning shot of like the hospital but like it's looking through like the window of all these people and there, there's like a nurse like flirting kind of like standing close to another alert nurse in like a locker room kind of thing I think mm-hmm. and then it like cuts to or like pans to another room where it's like a, a patient's like laying in bed and it's like a family and they're like just sitting there and then it cuts to Jay or like pans to Jay and Greg and they're like doing it they're getting their freak on and uh, for me it's more so like Jay doesn't want to have sex with him but it's like it's very clear yeah but it's like she she doesn't have much of a choice at this point and like that's kind of like another I feel like that's another theme of like the fact of like going through something like a sexual assault is like you never had a choice right so it's like 
she doesn't really have a choice of her own to make. Like she either she, like she, doesn't she, has, even, she doesn't even have a life anymore, really. Exactly. So it's like she's she's just going through the the, the motions, and you know she's she has either a choice of dying or a choice of passing it on to somebody else. But regardless, she doesn't. She's at like, the end of the day, she still doesn't have a choice. Constantly running. Right, it's because like those aren't much running. those aren't much choices for anybody to make. That's kind of just decided for you. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the fact that she's like having sex with Greg isn't something that she wanted to do, but like she doesn't have a choice. Like she has no say in the matter. Right. And it's like we all know at this point that Greg is only having sex with her because he wants to get in her pants. He doesn't believe her, you know? And so like they're you know, they do it and then it cuts to like a very abrupt shot of her just like laying on the bed. Mm-hmm. Like just very like in shock. And that's what I thought at first when I saw that. I thought that it was a, a, a like a dream because I thought at first oh I'm like, yeah oh yeah and then I'm like oh no no she's just thinking about it or she just woke up or right. something like that. But you know you find out that that was in fact the case that they they yep. were yeah yep. And then it like and like this is where the point where I feel like Greg or uh, Paul gets real creepy because like. There's, like, a shot of um, Greg in, like, this big... It looks like the cafeteria at the college or something, and he's just, like, talking to, like, a group of girls, like, very much, like, flirting with them. And then it cuts to, like, a shot of him. The very next shot is a shot of him, like, in the hospital with Jay, like, holding her hand, being very, like, oh, like... I'll protect I you. wasn't just in the cafeteria being a slut. Right. I want. I didn't just sleep with all those girls, which that, like, I wrote in my notes, I was like, I want to talk about that for a minute because, um, like, after that scene, like, with creepy Paul, like, staring at him, because he's just, like, sitting there staring at him like he's going to murder him, like, and it's creepy as fuck because it's like, what the hell? And then it cuts to, like, a shot of him and Jay talking, and Jay's like, have you seen anything? And he's like, I, I haven't. He's like, I don't think anything's coming for me. It's been three days. So I'm like, where the hell is it? But here's the thing. I feel like maybe those girls that he like was in the cafeteria with, maybe he slept with them and or like unknowingly passed it on to them. And that's why it took three days for it to circle back and get him because it killed them. It's so a very like maybe keen observation. Yeah. So I was like, maybe it killed more people off screen than we think. Like maybe it's like, maybe he slept. It's a lot them. to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. But and it's totally something he would do. Oh yeah. If you, kind of observe his character it just yeah that motherfucker would do something like that oh yeah for sure he really would he is a sleazeball yeah like so I just like I kind of made that observation the last when we recently watched it together right I was kind of like he said it's been three days so I'm like unless he's been just like continuously driving everywhere like to kind of stay ahead of this thing which I highly doubt because first of all he doesn't believe Jay in the first place so he does I don't like, I feel like he doesn't believe he's in any danger whatsoever. So, like, of course he doesn't believe Jay. But I really feel like that's a possibility. Like, he could have slept with one of these girls that was he was sitting at the table with. And then he unknowingly, or they unknowingly, like, got this, like, curse because he slept with Jay. And then they died. And then it came back for him again. So, it's like... That's how very, it works. Yeah. So, I'm like, I'm, I feel like more people died off screen than we think. Like, I feel like there's more to it. So, then... Um, after they have their conversation, it cuts to Jay back in the pool again. And it's like, it kind of goes back to that, like, this is her safe space. Like, she feels like she's safe, but she's constantly looking over her shoulder now. Like, it's no longer a place where she feels that she can even enjoy. Like, the pool used to be somewhere that she could, like, just go and be carefree. But now she's, like, looking over her shoulder every five minutes. And, like, she's, like, looking at the fence and it, like, kind of pans to the fence. And you're, like, kind of expecting something to come, like, come around that corner any second. But it doesn't. No. 
and then it cuts to like um a shot of like all of the her friends and her sister sitting outside greg comes walking up to them and um he's like how's she doing and they're like not good she won't come out of her room and then yara's like you really haven't seen anything and he's like no and they're like well she didn't make it up and he's like we'll know some we'll know sooner or later right and then they try to explain like what happened at the beach and he just won't hear it like he won't he's like whatever it was it's not what she thinks and I kind of feel like that's also like what a a victim of like a sexual assault goes through when somebody doesn't believe them yeah he is like the epitome of somebody that like is just gonna be oh she didn't she wasn't raped she's just making it up she's lying like you know the rest the rest of them believe her but he doesn't because like he wasn't there like he didn't experience like what they experienced at the beach so it's like he doesn't have that shared experience of you know so to me, like he's like an example of somebody that like doesn't believe somebody that's been sexually assaulted. Yeah, don't worry, we'll take care of him. <laughs> yeah, so we'll take care. Of oh him. yeah, oh yeah, he gets his. But then it like so as soon as he walks away, it cuts to like a shot of Jay looking out the window, and she's just kind of like gazing at the neighborhood. And then all of a sudden, you kind of see uh, Greg. It looks, I think it's Greg. I'm pretty sure. And he's like in like a like weird looking like onesie nighty thing. His ass looks great. His ass though. does look good. Oh, god damn. He slides in that window. I know something else that looks pretty good, too. Yeah. <clears throat> but, you know. <laughs> this is a family-friendly podcast. No, I'm just kidding. We swear. I That's swear. That's a bullshit so, I lie. Know, I know. Lies, I love it. Lies and tomfoolery. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but Jay kind of sees him, like, walk up to the house, and he kind of, like, jiggles the doorknob, and, like, when he can't get it open... He, like, he doesn't even knock. I know. So they, cons- they always knock though they always knock and they start pounding so inconsiderate and just tries to do like it doesn't go around to the back door like right. I'm gonna pick up this big old rock and I'm gonna throw it through this beautiful picture window that probably costs lots of money right which but which who am I to judge it's kind of another like um, kind of like thing that I thought about when we watched this together the last time I'm like cause then he like picks up a brick or a rock or a brick or something and just hurls it through the window and then crawls in through and then she like goes running towards the house and when she can't get the door open she crawls through the window too but I'm like there's broken glass everywhere you would definitely get cut and then your DNA would be all over in that mm-hmm. house like you would be prime suspect number one girl like so, but like they never like they never explain that that never you know occurs to anybody in the yeah, movie yeah like, I, I never see anyone f- like really follow up on that like, right didn't you get like Cause it's like there's no way she went through that window, rolled off the couch, landed on the floor in a bunch of broken glass, and did not cut herself. Like I'm sorry, like, but like I said, you have to kind of suspend your belief of reality in some parts of this movie. So this is a movie, right? So it's not too distracting, but I I did want to make a point to like it is a bit annoying to me. Some of the faults of this movie, yeah. But then she like goes running up the stairs, and um, you can like just hear like someone pounding on the door, and then um like the thing kind of like stops and like acknowledges that she's there like it looks over at her but then it just like looks back and starts banging on the door again and she's like greg don't open the door and then he opens the door and it's like his mom but like you see it kind of mirrors the scene of the girl in the kitchen because only like half of, like one of her boobs is exposed just kind of like the girl in the kitchen and then he like lunges at her like like lunges at greg and um i really love the music in this scene too yeah, oh good. i love it so much and then she like walks up and it like the thing is like basically fucking him like it's it it's really like, it's yeah, yeah I would I didn't want to word it that way but it, that's exact it is and it's like 
clasping his hands, and I don't sucking know, the life out of him, like Hellraiser. I don't Hellraiser. know what it is on his hands. I don't know if it's like sweat or, you know, something else that... We're going to say it was <clears throat> sweat. Maybe he had his hands in, in the sink. It Maybe looks, there's a bucket of water in his room somewhere. It looks just, it looks nasty, whatever it is. But then, like, it clearly killed Greg. I blamed, I, I, I said that it was ectoplasm. I was like, oh, that's like spiritual. <laughs> Maybe. I don't yeah. know. Goo. Yeah, yeah, something. We'll just call it that. Um, but then like Jay runs back out and then she's like in her car and she's like backing out of the, she's backing out of the driveway but then you can see like Greg like walking behind her. He's walking fast. Like he yeah, walks we, fast. we said that too. It's kind of like, scary. Like, he shouldn't be walking that fast. But that, that does explain like that's how it got to that beach so fast, you know. Yeah. Because it, 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 it walks, but it, it can control it can its change speed. pace, yeah. Yeah, it's gates, yeah. But, um, and then it, like, cuts to, like, all these different, like, shots of Jay, like, going through, like, shock, and then she's, like, absolutely mortified, and she's, like, sobbing. And then it kind of, like, cuts to, like, another shot of her, like, it transitions into another shot of her just kind of, like, accepting it, almost yeah. in a way. Yeah, she's, like, she looking blankly ahead, like, as if she's just, like, I'm accepting this now. This is, like, what's going to happen from now on, you know? It's kind of one of the stages of, you know, like grief. Said, yeah. Yeah. Or like, like assault or, or what happens after you lose something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, it's just part of the process, really. Oh, yeah. That's kind of how I see it. Yeah. And then it cuts to like a shot of her like sitting in like the middle of the woods on top of her car and she's just kind of looking around and then it like harsh cuts to like a shot of her like sleeping on the hood of the car, which... I don't. I could never sleep on the hood of my car in the middle of the woods. Like no thanks. And the way her like, I mean, she just slept on her arm the entire time, and yeah, I'd wake up with a headache, and my arm would have that, that white noise feeling. Just looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> but then she like kind of like follows like the sound of like this music, and so she goes out to like the beach where like the lake's at, and there's like a boat with like a bunch of guys on it. Mm-hmm. So she just like starts stripping and just starts walking out there. And, like, this is a scene that you and I kind of heavily talked yeah, about on the I, phone the other night. I, I, I mentioned this scene because it, it was puzzling to me that, okay, what you see is she's on the beach, and then she kind of looks out, and there are these guys in a boat, and they're partying, having a good time, and, yeah, she strips down, and she gets in the water, and then the next thing you see is she's, like, in the car, and she's crying, she's soaking wet, and her cast is, like, in shambles. Destroyed, yeah. And I didn't know because I thought, well, I, I thought primarily the reason why she went out there was because it was safe because that thing can't walk through the water, as far as we know. Um, but, yeah, and then you kind of mentioned that you thought she went out there to possibly pass it along. Yeah, and that was came my... came back and changed your mind. Yeah, that was my thought. I thought, like she was going to just pass it on to a random person because like it would feel better for her conscience because she's kind of to blame for Greg dying. So like, I think for her, it was like, now I'll just go out and find a random person and I won't feel responsible for it. I won't feel as responsible for it. But then I think like her moral compass kind of kicks in and she's like, no, I can't do that Mm -hmm. to somebody that doesn't deserve like, and now I ruined my cast. Right. (laughs) So like, it's like her driving back, in the car and she's basically I feel like just kind of accepted at this point because the next scene that it cuts to is like her laying in bed with like there's like a chair like pinned up against the door and uh, Paul knocks on the door and she lets him in and then she's basically like it's gonna be here at some point basically like she's just accepting her fate at this point and uh, 
this is the part that I find really creepy with Paul because then he's just like, he sits down next to her and he's like, you could pass it to somebody else. And she's like, Oh, you know, exactly. Well, you could, you know, give it to someone else. Oh, wow. Really? Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, and at first I wanted to believe that he has like nothing but good intentions because he's like, you know, he's in love with her. Yes. But like, they've always been, they've also been friends for like so long, but then he kind of like, when she, when she says no, like to him, when he's like, you, I could, and she's like, no. And then he's like, he gets all defensive. He's like, I liked you too. You know, why'd you pick Greg? Like as if he's expecting an explanation out of her. And it's like, she does not have to explain that to you. First of all, like you were not in any running. Yeah. I'm sorry, but, um, she is not in any, like, she's not at Liberty to have to explain Mm -hmm. to you why she didn't sleep with you. She's obviously one, not interested, get a hint creeper. Yeah. And second of all, like that kind of like gives me an idea of like, not all men, but like some men, like especially like Greg and Hugh and like all these like sleaze balls that you've seen in this movie think that they can just get their way, mm-hmm. you know. Even and it's he, like, even even he, he um, right? And it, his attitude, though, like unlike the other guys, was like instead of right here, right now, I want it right here, right now. It's uh, okay. Well, I can you know go along with this, but eventually, I want my piece. Right, I want a piece of the pie. Yeah, too. like it might be down the road, but I'm gonna get it. Right. So it's like it almost kind of it almost kind of seems like he has like different intentions, but yeah. you know, and so like that's why the scene's like ugh, he's like total creep from like, now uh, on. Yeah, like, I can't... It, it was kind of like everything that he has done up until this point was was kind of just an act, kind of like yeah, like, it almost like, kind of makes like, you question. I'm gonna be really nice for a while, and then yeah, get it, and then when he didn't, this is when he kind of was like well, what's the deal? Like, you should have... Like, this is, like, date number seven. Like, why haven't you fucked me already? Like, what's up with that? Like, it's just, like, I just feel like all the guys that are in this film are, like, examples of, like, guys that, like, just think that they can have their way with whoever they want. Mm -hmm. Or that they think that's how it works. It's just, yeah, kind of irritating to to an extent because, I mean, you know, you and I, I'm sure you have had experiences oh I have yeah oh I have like where it's where it's like you go on a date with a guy and it's you know you think the implication there's an implication like you have a different idea of how this date's gonna go than this person does and then when like it doesn't go their way then they're just like oh well yeah I'm going I'm gonna delete you off tinder I'm never gonna talk to you again it's like sorry like I don't just fucking sell myself on the first date like I you know it's just like that kind of sense of entitlement entitlement like yeah. i put i put the the time forth not necessarily the effort but in uh in this case when he was kind of uh pressing her about yeah. you picking greg like he did put effort and yeah i'll give that that give it that but he was always expecting something in return it's, yeah. it's kind of like that they're always expecting something in return exactly. in this film and when you think that they're not then they end up yeah becoming yeah it's just it's just kind of like you too like really right and this was the scene where i realized like i was like he's just kind of a creep like and i'm not sure how i feel about his character going forward because i bet he's so lousy in bed i mean i don't know yeah he's gotta be lousy (laughs) but then it like um where uh uh and then he like basically like says um do you remember where we were the first time we kissed 
And so it kind of like harkens back again to like their childhood, which just happened to be the pool, like the mm-hmm. big pool that like the final climax takes place in. And it's kind of like a, a full circle moment because then it's like the pool from the beginning signified something from her childhood that she cherished. And now it's something that like she'll forever be haunted by in a sense, forever. like by the end of the movie, it's something that's like completely changed for her. So then it cuts to a shot of them like leaving the house and they're like pulling out and this is like another part that I was kind of like really like because she she pulls out and then it like shows the house and then you see like a naked guy on the top which I'm assuming is her grandpa because if I remember correctly I may be wrong okay I was wrong so like in the scene where the two women are talking about Jay yes the picture in the back isn't of her mom and dad it's of her grandparents oh okay and it's like her grand okay. it's like her and her grandpa grandpa standing there so I'm pretty sure the guy that's standing on the roof that's like butt ass naked is her grandfather oh, okay yeah, when, and that was another critique that you and I both had. You're like, okay, so they're on the roof. I'm, I'm like, like, yeah, I'm like, how? First of all, how did it get up there? And she's not so, up there. It's like it's supposed to be following you, girl. Like you weren't up on the roof, were you? And you tricked it or something, right? So it's like, um, why didn't it just go through a window like it normally does, or through a front door? But this time it was like, oh, this will be funny. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I'll scare her, and then when she backs out of the house, I'll you know be standing on the roof. That'll be really cool. Like it's just, it did scare me. It's creepy. Like, I'll give it that, but, like, for me, it that was kind of one of the more bothersome sequences in this movie because I just felt like they did it for the sake of, like, having, like, a scare. And to me, I was just kind of like, it doesn't make I t- sense. I totally agree with that. Like, I can't look past the, like, unrealistic nature of this part, but, like, whatever. Like, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not tearing apart this movie by any means because, obviously, like, I think it's a fantastic movie. You think it's a fantastic movie. Like... We've talked so much about it, but like there with every movie, there's some mm. sort of like a flaw. So, but then they're like, um, there's like a sequence of them like walking towards the pool with all of this like equipment shit, which first of all is another thing that I'm like, how the hell? Because when you see like around the pool, you see like all of the shit that they brought. So it's like, how are they walking with all that shit? Mm. There's only <clears throat> four of them. That doesn't seem realistic to me, but okay. So like, they're like walking in um yara starts talking about like how when she was little um there was like always you know the difference between where where the city met the suburbs mm-hmm. you always. know and how she had to like ask for permission to go to like the state fair with her best friend and her parents just because it was on the other side of the border mm-hmm. basically they call it the border which is like the line between the good part of Detroit and the really bad shitty part of Detroit and like that to me is also kind of like a, you know, trans, transcending into yes, you know hell, um, transcending into childhood and adulthood. Like there's a very fine line of like being a young child and everything's nice and everything's safe and secure, and then when you become an adult, you're on your own, kid. Right. So you're basically thrown into this world of like, hor- like people doing horrible things, like you know capable of horrible things exactly like poverty you know yeah. the the lo- everything that's the loss of innocence like basically so nothing's off limits it's really it's really nothing is off limits right so then they get to like the pool which i think is like a pretty cool building like the outside of it looks like a fucking like prison yeah. or something it's so weird but then you get inside <laughs> and it's like i thought it was really cool cuz like there's this tunnel that they go through but like it's under the pool. Yeah. So like these, there's these like little windows where you can see in the water, which is kind of cool. I thought we thought that was cool. And then they get there and they like start 
unpacking all of like the stuff to put around the pool. It's just a bunch of like electronics and stuff. Cause I guess in their mind, they think that, you know, they've, I guess exhausted all their options. So they're like, Oh, I'll just electrocute it. We'll electrocute it. And it's like, we as audience members, when we're watching the movie, we're like, that is clearly not going to work. But when you've exhausted all your options, it's just kind of like one of those things where it's like, let's try everything. And instead of, you know, sure. Why not? Right. So what the hell? Yeah. So then there's like a shot of like Jay getting into the pool and she's just kind of like chilling, waiting for it to show up. And then this is another example of like really subtle, like slow building, like suspenseful music. Cause I remember the first time I watched this scene, it was really intense. Like it was tense. I was like, Oh shit, it's coming, it's coming. It's like, it's really intense. Cause you get like a perspective of like whatever it is, like mm-hmm. walking down the hallway and then you get like a wide shot of like all of them, like sitting around the pool waiting for it to show up. And then Jay's like, Oh my God. It just walked in the room. It's right there. And like, they all start like freaking out. And then the scene, the scene is intense, but it's also kind of funny. Like, I feel like the first time it's like really intense, but like the more you watch it, it's intense, but it's also kind of funny, like silly because literally that now they've just given this thing ammunition to throw at her. So it's just basically, I didn't think about that. I did <laughs> yeah. not think about so that. So it's just basically picking up shit and hurling at her now. Like and it's hitting her in the head and I was hoping none of the, I'm like, I hope none of these appliances or anything are on because that poor girl's going to get electrocuted. Yeah. But wasn't they just and then threw they're it like, out of her head. Di- they're like, it didn't work. Because it's like, it goes in the pool and they're like, she's going to get electrocuted. And they're like, it didn't work. And she's like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, because uh, you would have killed Jay. It's like, maybe um, you should have gotten Jay out of the pool. I don't know. But uh, then it just starts throwing things at her. And then, oh, well, another thing that I wanted to mention is when it com- when it first gets in the room, her sister asks her what it is and she's like, I don't want to tell you because then you find out that it's her dad. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a manifestation of her dad. So it's like this thing just starts throwing things at her. That's pretty cool scene. But then it's just like, it's just complete chaos because then Paul is like aiming the gun at nothing. And then he like shoots Yara in the yeah. leg and she just falls to the ground. And it's just ridiculous. It's like a Scooby-Doo episode gone wrong. It really is. It just the whole scene is just like chaos. And he's just, yeah, he's just waving it around. I'm like, okay, gun safety. There's a person <laughs> in between. I mean, like, I know the thing that you're shooting at is, you know, right in front of you. Right. But there's a person on the other side of that. So maybe be And you're going to shoot that? her. You're going to shoot her. And he did. Yep. He yep. did. He shot her. And I thought, like, yeah, you kids... You shouldn't have guns. Yeah. Where are your parents? Yeah. <laughs> Where are your parents at? All pilled out and asleep. Probably. Um, then uh, her sister... Oh, Kelly. That's her sister's name. I'm so sorry to all the listeners. I finally figured out her name towards the end of the movie. Kelly. It's Kelly. Kelly finally, you know, decides to grab a blanket after all the said and done instead of just doing it right off the bat and being like, oh, where is it? Let me grab the blanket so we can find out where it is. Good idea. Yeah. But she waited till like the last minute till after Yara's gotten shot after, you know, it's hucked like 20 things at Jay already. Then she gets the blanket and she like puts it over it and you can see it. And then Paul shoots it in the head and then it falls in the water. And then like Jay's like swimming towards the edge, but then it like drags her back down. And this is the scene that like every time I watch it, it gives me such anxiety because it's like he literally once again, Paul shows us that he is not responsible with a gun whatsoever. He's just like literally shooting it to the water, not knowing where he's aiming. Yeah. He's like just shooting this gun and it's literally, the bullets are going right past her head and I'm just, just like... Just brushing oh. against that beautiful blonde hair of hers. I'm like, hey guy, 
You're not getting it. Like, yeah. Oh, man. So he finally shoots it in the head and it like lets her just know. run out of bullets already. <laughs> right. You're going to really kill somebody. I know. <clears throat> and then Jay gets out of the pool and then her sister's like, or Paul's like, is it still there? Can you see it? And like, she like creeps towards the pool, which I'm just like, why would you do that? Because then it could just drag you in. Just Stupid. another moment where I'm like, don't do that. I know. And she's like crawling towards it. And then all of a sudden you just see like all this blood just like pulling into the pool, like just like forming. That was a lot of oh, blood. Yeah. That was more blood than what came out of the elevator in The Shining. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just billowed and it kept billowing, mm-hmm. which was neat. You know, red. There you go, Michael. Another red. Yep. So, and then it cuts to like a, a hard cut of like the chair against the door again. And like, you can see like the light of the rain from the window, like pouring outside. And then it cuts to like Jay and Paul, like on the couch and they've got a blanket over each other and she's like straddling him. And then they just like basically start having sex. Yeah. And then there's like a shot. That, it like, makes me really ugh. not hungry. I know. Yeah. I'm to like, watch that. I'm like, are you happy, Paul? You got what you wanted. Yeah. You got what you wanted. And she didn't even like it. I know. Like, and then it like, pans from like them to like a shot of the window and you're like looking around you're like oh shit is it out there is it out there and then it like cuts to them like afterward and um Paul asks her he's like do you feel different and Jay's just Jay like shakes her head and then she looks at him and she's like do you and he's like no but I feel like what he's saying is he's basically asking her if he has feelings for her or if she has feelings for him and she's like no but then she asks him it's kind of like a deeper meaning of like he asked do you feel it, yeah. different like he, after sleeping with me and she's like no and then she asks him and he's like no because that means he still feels the same about her right so he asked her you know because of the, like the feelings but I think that she thought he meant like do you feel different as like it's gone do you feel like it's gone yeah and, and she's like man I'm not putting that much thought into it like, kind of thing like <laughs> right like it does not have any deeper meaning I just don't want this shit right and then it um and then it cuts to i think it does like a couple more like montage type shots of just like jay like laying in bed and you can tell she just looks completely like depressed and defeated and then you get like a close-up shot of the picture of her dad so then you like put two and two together and you're like oh that's her dad that's who she saw at the pool that's why she didn't want to tell her sister and then it like cuts to a, a scene of them in the hospital and yara's like laying in a hospital bed like eating a sandwich and she's like reading like this another like dark her, poem and I on her clam nook yeah or oyster or whatever the hell it is I don't, magic conch I don't know basically Fuck. and like she basically starts saying that something that kind of just ties all the loose ends of the movie together kind of comes full circle because she's talking about like pains and wound pain and wounds and just uh, distracts the mind from torment until the moment of death and then she's like but I think the worst possible thing is not the pain and the wounds themselves, but knowing in, in less than a minute, in less than 30 seconds, in less than 10 seconds. And now like your soul will leave your body and you will no longer be a person. And like that, that scene to me is like kind of basically wrapping it up in a nice little bow saying like, this is basically what this movie has been about this whole time is like mortality and the fact that you don't live forever. And that one day you will grow old and you will die and there's nothing you can do to stop it. Like you can run. You can run, but you can't hide. hide. Yep. 
you can run from it as long as you want to, but eventually death will catch up to you. And like, that's why I feel like this movie's so depressing because it's literally like, I know that feeling of like, yeah, see, I don't really walk out of the door thinking, what if I died? Because Michael, here's the thing, you know, I owe money for student loans and my car. So until those are paid off, I'm not going to die. There's just no, (laughs) there's no fucking way. But once you get that paid off, then you're going to die. I'm just going to make more debt. I'll, I'll get a credit card. Yeah, yeah. Just just uh, prolong it as long as you can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, then it cuts to, like, a shot of... I think it's, like, the final shot of the movie of Jay and Paul, like, walking down the street, and they're holding hands, but Jay's kind of, like, very loose. Yeah, she's like, kind, she of, doesn't like, kind of like like the... I feel obligated to like hold your hand. Like, he's very tightly holding her hand, and she's just kind of like, I don't want to touch you. I feel obligated, but, man, I really am not enjoying this. Right. And like, it, I don't even know why she's doing that. I don't I don't know what the significance of that scene is. I know it's like the ending scene of Chorus and it provides the ending, but I don't know why it had to be her and him hand in hand. Well, because it kind of s- signifies the fact that she's like stuck in this like relationship now and she like feels like she can't get out because she has an obligation to like not only protect her life now, but now Paul's life is at risk too. So now, like, they're basically stuck together, and it goes back to the fact that, like, she never had a choice in the first place. So it's like, you know, it was either sleep with somebody else, or basically you die. And it's like, there is no in-between, there is no, like, silver lining to this, and that's why, that's another reason why I feel like this movie is depressing, because it's like, there is no, like, there is no, like, solace in knowing that, like, they defeated this, because there is no way to defeat this. I mean... Maybe there is. I don't know. But, like, the movie doesn't explain it that way. Right. Like, the movie doesn't, you know, outwardly tell you that there is a way to defeat this. So it's like you're basically, at the end of this movie, left it, like, left with a sense of, God, that was kind of, kind of a downer. Like, I like the ending of this movie for that reason, because it's not, like, your typical movie of, like, oh, we have, like, there's, like, a monster, Mm -hmm. and we've got to figure out how we can defeat the monster, and then they defeat the monster in the end, and then it's, like, a happy ending. No, like, this movie's very... Yeah, I have never seen a trope, like, have you, like, this in in any other film? Like, I mean, I really haven't, like, passing a monster along kind of thing, or, you know, just using the, 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 like, the, the, the sexually transmitted... Right, as like a metaphor. As a metaphor, yes. Mm -hmm. That I've never seen anything like this done before in a film. Oh no, it's a very, very, um, very fresh idea. I think the whole film itself is just very fresh in the way that, yes, it does take inspiration from other film. Which I mean, what movie these days doesn't? Doesn't you know? You see so many like references to John Carpenter. You see so, especially in this film, like, Mm -hmm. like the 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 score itself is just very Halloween-ish. Very. Yeah. I think and, that's why I love it so mm-hmm. much. And there's, like, a lot of elements of, you know, from other directors, but it's its own idea in its own right. Like, it's very original. It's very fresh. Like, I, I love this movie. Yeah. And then, also, like, before we end on this movie, I also want to talk about, like, with the final shot, how you see, like, something, like, walking behind them. It's very ambiguous. You're mm-hmm. like, I don't know if that's what... If yeah, that's you, it, or you if that's get just, a just, as, you get just as paranoid as mm-hmm. the characters in the movie do. Uh, yeah, and you I, even I, made the comment of like they are walking very slow, and that thing is catching up. It's catching up because it like does a shot of like it the is camera. catching up. Mm-hmm. It is catching up. It 
but I thought in that scene you kind of saw maybe uh, people like in their front yard. Like uh, he's like raking leaves or yeah. something. Yeah. And so you see people, but it, it's nothing out of the ordinary, but you see somebody just walking behind mm-hmm. them and you're freaking out now. Like yep. you're just like, you're just like Jeff was. Do you see that girl? Yeah. Uh, it, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> and you know what I thought of it? Like makes it even harder for them to tell what it is now because like if it's just the two of them together, they both can see it. So they, they don't know if it. it's like, because if, if it was just Jay that could see it, she could be like, do you see that? And Paul could just be like, no. And then they would know. But now they don't know. And that's like the freaky part because now if they're, it's just the two of them together and it shows up, like they're fucked. Like, they're going to have to ask that guy raking the leaves, hey. Do you see that guy? You're going to have to phone a friend. No, no, you can't phone somebody. You're going to have to, yeah, just pull somebody <laughs> off the street. It's a neighborhood where a bunch of weird shit's going on, you know. A few days ago, there was some girl running down the street with no pants and high heels and... <laughs> people didn't think that was too out of the ordinary and now we have you know two people walking down the street being followed so you can just yeah just just ask that same nice lady who's right. unloading her groceries hey do you see this do you see this and she's like no you just keep walking yep. or you start running your heels i don't know whatever yeah. you want to do it's just i i really like the way that this movie ends on that note where it's like you don't know what happens to the characters after right so it's like and it just leaves it so ambiguous and open-ended because it's like, well, we don't know the fate of these characters after the credits roll. So it's like they could have, they could have died. They could have went about their merry little lives and kept passing it on to people because there is a shot of, um, Paul. I almost forgot to mention this, where he like drives around in the car and he like comes across a bunch the of prostitutes. prostitutes. Yeah. So it's like, you don't know, you don't know if he passed it on to any of them. True. Like it never like fully says which is why you don't know if that thing that's walking behind him is a person or if it's it you know it you know so it's like i love i just love the ambiguity of this film like it doesn't spell things out for you and i love that like a lot and i feel like a lot of people have like a love-hate relationship with this film like for example like i have a couple of friends that like don't understand the hype of this film have never understood the hype of it like didn't like it when it came out still don't like it like but then there's other people that watch it that love it. And I'm like, I feel like I'm amongst the people that really love it. But I love it for like a lot of different reasons. Mm-hmm. Not just the fact that it's just a horror movie, but it's like a horror movie in the deeper sense. Right. So. And then like back to the boat scene where she swims out. Oh, yeah. I kind of think that she actually did sleep with those guys or they ran a train on her or some shit. Because <laughs> no, no, like because she went back to her house and yeah that's when they were in in the house and it seemed like some time had passed because she was sleeping all night and everything and then they kind of oh, had the maybe, conversation yeah. where she was like well you know it'll be here sooner or later right well, why wouldn't it be here sooner but hell that's got me thinking now no and that's really that's a really great point because you can watch that scene in one of two ways you can either watch it in the sense that I saw it originally where she's driving back in the car changed your mind and is just kind of accepting it now or you could see it in a different sense like she just got basically gang raped by like three different guys on this boat one after the other and she's like traumatized after it now it's like it's just gonna be this for her it's just gonna be this never ending cycle of unwanted sex like for the rest of her life and that's that that like I've been saying the whole time really goes back to the theme of like what a person goes through that has been sexually assaulted or Mm -hmm. raped like it will never go away like it's going to follow them wherever they go like the trauma the pain it'll subside and you can make yourself feel better for a while by passing it on to somebody else but if sooner or later it's going to catch up to you again so it's like it's just this recurring theme of like 
pain and suffering and like you know what the victim's perspective of like going through something as traumatic as like being raped by somebody like what that does to a person Mm -hmm. and I feel like this is what this movie is all about like very deep very deep yeah but I think yeah I I really love this movie I adore this movie Um, do you have anything else you want to say about it is there anything no not necessarily I think we've I'm sure that I'll have something else to say about it after we're done recording. <laughs> right. But no, not currently, no. Okay. Well, well, guys, I think that is the end of our discussion about It Follows. Um, I had a lot of fun with this episode. I really did. This was good. This was good. This is my, yeah. my first podcast ever. Um, yeah. So, that yeah, it was fun. <laughs> it was fun. Yeah, it was really fun. I think we, I think we were a little, uh, what's the word? a little rocky at the start yeah. because it's been about a month and a half since the last time I recorded an episode like this. But I, we got used to it. I think we I think we hit our stride. Yeah. I think this episode was we really fun. We got it rolling. We yeah. got it rolling. So, um, I think on that note, I think if you don't have anything else to say, I think, I think we're pretty much we're done. We're good. Yeah. So, um, anybody that hasn't watched It Follows, I highly, highly recommend that you guys watch this movie. It's very good. You know, as I said before, maybe after watching or after listening to this episode, maybe you'll watch this movie in a different light now than you did before. And I hope that you guys are enjoying the episodes. I hope that you guys continue to listen. Um, Thank you guys so much for all of your love and support. As I said before, please continue to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Like that really helps our podcast grow. Um, you can also rate and review us on Podcast Addict, which I know is the other app that lets you do that as well. Um, follow our Instagram page. The Instagram page is We Love Horror Podcast. And we also have a Twitter, which is We Love Horror Pod as well. And then if you don't have an Instagram or a Twitter, email us at We Love Horror Pod at gmail.com. So. That being said, I want to thank you, Zach, for being on this episode. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. It was truly an honor. It was very fun. It was very fun. It was so fun. And I'm sure this is not the last that we'll hear of you. And thank you for letting me smoke cigarettes (laughs) in front of you. Oh, of course. It really felt like the good old days of radio. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Where you're just like sitting in like a office just. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this ashtray is full, so. Oh, my God. But I really feel like it's helping my broadcasting voice. I think so too. I think yeah. your voice has definitely like gotten deeper and more um, <clears throat> scraggly since the more episodes. damaged. More di- yeah, more I damaged. Yeah, I screamed Hannah Montana songs all day at work today, so I really had. I can just hear the g- cancer in your voice grovel. right now. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh God. But um, anyway, yeah. Thank you so much, Zach, for being on this episode. Yes. Yes, certainly. Certainly. And um, I will see you guys next week. And uh, you guys have a great weekend and stay safe out there. Bye. Sayonara.